the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, October 5th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America. Steak for breakfast. So stand by. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me when you hold me in your arms so tight you let me know this episode of the podcast is brought to you as always by man rubs you can find them at manrubs.com they got rubs barbecue tools blow torches everything you could possibly need to make barbecue great again use the code steak 15 15 off your order also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com. On Instagram, Stay Ready Gear USA. Holsters, custom Kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on and off duty gear for your law enforcement folks. Use the code STAKE for 5% off your order. The world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear can be found at Odyssey and odyssey.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Whether you're podcasting like we are today, gaming, or uh, hooked on a feeling, they will make those audio quality moments that much better. So many feelings. Love it. You know what else I love? Firearms. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. License FFL. He's been servicing Southern California for over a decade. And he's got a lot of ammo. He's got a newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's available on Facebook Messenger and at 619-870-6992 via the telephone. Um, when you talk about tactical gear... There's two places I like to waste money. Yeah. Our first responders really like Mediocre Medic. You never want to be called one, but wearing their apparel ain't half bad. Especially if you are one. MediocreMedic.com, pretty decent Instagram as well. And then, of course, it goes without saying, you still got to say it anyway. Mark Joe Friday, the duck father. Dumpbox and Dumpbox.us. You need it. You want it. Mark will get it for you. They're on Instagram and Facebook as well. On that note, welcome. Episode 70, Steak for Breakfast podcast, which is a great co- podcast according to Seth Keschel. Yeah. Said it last night. A little shout out. We didn't even have to ask him to. Just said it. Rolls off the tongue real nice. I'm Roan. I'm joined today by Noah. What's happening? Antoinette will be along shortly, and we've yeah. got... Anna Kate coming up. Joining us first on the show today, she's running for Congress out of California. She's a mother and a wife and a small business owner. Miss Amy Fan West, thank you for joining us on Steak for Breakfast podcast. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Yeah, it's really great to have you on the show. We've been tracking you for quite a while. We're trying to, uh, I don't want to say hunt down, but hunt down all of our America First Agenda candidates out there. And you (laughs) surely fit the bill. So why don't you tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself, um, where in California you're running out of, and then kind of what your story is, how you jumped into the political spectrum. You know what? Uh, As you guys know, my name is Amy Fan West. I am a conservative Republican running for Congress in California, 45th District. Think of the 45th president. There you go. Boom. 
And it is a conservative district for the last 40 years. Um, Nancy Pelosi claws are everywhere, right? Yes. So she plants her crony in our district, conservative district, in the last three years. So Katie Porter has taken that district for the last three years. Now, it is flippable. It is a D plus three district. Uh, when it's redistrict, it might be a D plus one. There you go. So very, very flippable. So that's where I call all your audience to say, hey, Let's not wait till this district become a D plus 45, like <laughs> like Nancy Pelosi district, where it's so hard to even like change it. Right. Mm. So since this is a D plus one slash D plus three, let's take this back for the House or the GOP in 2022. Nice. Now, what made you originally get into, a, you know, like you said, even though it's a low number, it's still a challenge in California, especially with some of the values that you pr have promoted throughout your campaign, which we are going to talk to in a minute. But what what was it that really made you uh, get into this where you're at now? You know what? Uh, as a mother, wife and small business owner, I realized that um, our elected official are drunk with power and we're all sick and tired of it. They don't care about what we think anymore. So that's the reason why I'm running for Congress. And I also see the writing on the wall. I escaped from a communist regime, Vietnam, and I understand and see and witness the horrible thing the government did to their own people. And that's why we fled to America. And, um, and the, the thing is that we see it now implementing at the beginning stage of communism. So which I would say socialism is easier for everyone to understand. Mm -hmm. Socialism will lead to Marxism will end in communism. Yeah. And that's where it's going down. And once it's communism, we can't stop it. Because if you look at other country, which is communism, do you ever see them turning back to the Republic of Vietnam or the Republic of China? No, there's no way. Right. Or socialist Venezuela or Cuba. Right. Uh, it's very hard. So they're going to have to fight to, to get to be a free people. So now in America, we are still considered free people. We must fight. This is the time we must rise up to the occasion for such a time as this. We must rise up for our children and their future, because if we don't stand up now and fight for their freedom, they won't have a, an opportunity to rise up to enjoy this freedom and the liberty that we have here in America. So that's the reason why I'm running. And I hope that uh, more parents will rise up, uh, you know, for such a time as this, that they will rise up and do likewise for local office, you know, school boards, city council to uh, you know, uh, their state legislature, and then also to their board of supervisor and, and to federal as well. But parents need to rise up working parents because we resonate with everyone in our country. Right. Yes. And that's what we need in D.C. in local level is those who are working parents that understand the grind that the parents and, and the normal people have to go day in, day out. Yeah. Those parents that live in the real world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's stay on that thread since you touched on it as we get into some of the pillars of your campaign, um, especially here in California. We have seen a lot of uh, positive activism coming out, you know, especially down here in the San Diego area, pushing back against the city council, pushing back against the Board of Education down here. Um, that's one of the big things that you run on too, literally putting the power back in the hands of our parents and students. Now, over the last uh, couple years we've seen a huge implementation of critical race theory we've seen a completely uh i it i'm saying revamped but in a horrible way Oof. 
um, the sexual education stuff. And, you know, we don't need to get into details. Everybody's heard about it and seen it on TV. Uh, just, just the woke politics. In addition to a lot of the teachers who have recently gotten docs doing horrible things in their classroom, everything from trying to indoctrinate their kids to salute flags that aren't that of the Stars and Stripes, all the way down to, you know, um, s- some of the horrible things that they're doing to kind of segregate kids in the classroom right now based on race and color and mask. You know, yeah, and mask and vaccines. So we have... CRT being implemented in the school system, mask mandates, waiting on the FDA to have vaccine mandates here. What are some of the things you want to do to kind of combat that culture right now and get it back to the basics of learning the history of the United States and developing wholesome children in our state? Well, that and calling people domestic terrorists for disagreeing with PTAs and stuff like that. It's true. Right. And you know what? In my all all my years being in America here, I've never witnessed anything like we've been witnessing in the last, say, two years, yeah. right? a year and a half, where it's ramping up, where people actually will silence you if they don't agree with you. In the past, growing up, I, I always, you know, have Democrat friends and, you know, independent friends, all of them from different ethnicity background. Mm -hmm. And we always consider each other as friends. We don't consider each other as race or your political agenda or your political leaning. Right. Um, And it's so sad that we have come to a, 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 a point in our nation that we actually pin people by their race, their sex, their, um, and, and also their political um, viewpoints. And um, as Americans, the reason why it's great is because we have a balance, a mixture of everyone, every kind of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a melting pot, right? And it should always be that way um, because America is great because we have every other mindset coming together at the round table, discussing, talking, and coming to an agreement to basically what's best for for America. Yeah. And that was the bottom line in every election, every generation, except for now. Yeah. Now it's insane. If you're like, you know, Republican, conservative, they even call you and label you at not as all, not only a white supremacist, KKK, you know, uh, all these names, but they also call you the enemy of the state. Yeah. yeah. And that's a very scary, slippy slope that we're going down. And I would not stand by. Because our American people, we never call each other as a traitor, you know, the enemy of the state. The enemy are the terrorists. Yeah. If you're a Democrat, Republican, I would never label you as a terrorist in in this country. Because we're Americans. We have this value here of, you know, uh, entrepreneur, liberty, freedom, all those things, right? Even if you talk to a moderate Democrat, they say they want freedom, freedom of their body, freedom to choose their children's education, freedom for safety, to be able to live in a, a neighborhood that's safe, right? Yeah. And um, and the thing is that they are so duped in a way of the party going so extreme, saying, you know, this is what they are, you know, this is what they stand for. But if you think about it deeper, who is throwing all this um, agenda down in the Democrat um you know, party. And if you look deeper, it is the globalist ideology, mm-hmm. the swamp, the deep stater. 
And that's one thing that Trump came into office is to expose them because they no longer represent we the people. They have special interests. And and the main thing is to destroy America from within. Now, back to your question with critical race theory, mass mandate and teaching to America uh, children to hate each other. That in and of itself is to sabotage America from within. Yeah. And so we cannot stand by and allow that to happen. And I'm so happy across this country here, we have seen pockets of parents, grandparents, you know, just American people rising up saying, no, we're not going to do that. You guys are working for us. You're not going to abuse our children in any uh, form. And so that is amazing. That is the power of a free people. Remember, let me say it again. That is the power of a free people. Mm -hmm. And we free people so we're going to keep it that way yeah i I like that um talking about being free people there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world especially with this whole covid narrative that's you know so so prevalent in all of politics these days Mm. you're you're a big supporter of the second amendment the right to bear arms absolutely extremely uh you know tied to the constitution um and the second amendment so we see countries right now at times last year, the UK, now a huge example is Australia, what's going on there, where it's it's evolved from the police now to the military literally beating people in the streets just for being outside without masks. It's like on. a science fiction episode of like Black Mirror or something like that that we're watching yeah, live. And, and now you're having like people in high uh, facets of government there stepping down, seeing that they're corruptedly tied to big pharma mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So... Uh, it seems kind of extreme to say, but one of the reasons why we aren't in the places like the UK might have been earlier this year and Australia is now is is for our Second Amendment rights. How how important is that, you know, do you feel so our listening audience can hear where you stand on, you know, the right to legally bear arms and, and you know, have guns and stuff like that? Absolutely. I am for the Second Amendment because where I come from, we don't own gun. Right. And, right. And we have to comply with the commons regime or else we get shot. We get buried alive. And so when when the government disarmed the people, that 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 country's done. The people's done. They have to be submit into that power. Yeah, that's the red so flag I, of all red flags. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So when we saw Australia, they they were for Second Amendment before, but they were able to disarm them by selling them a good, right? Yeah. Uh, that they don't need guns. And uh, so with that, they turning in their guns. Now look at the results. They can't defend themselves and the government got big. And it's in a way a cash 22, right? I, I, I feel I feel for them. Yeah, because. This is so horrible for any government doing to their own people because there's no freedom. And for them to be a free nation and now being attacked by their own military, the police, is insane. That reminds me of Hong Kong. I actually went to Hong Kong uh, to support those um, college students, you know, when Trump was there to uh, basically, you know, pass that law to help them. And then also when he left, of course, the, the riots start to happen. And right and and the Hong Kong police were a part of the CCP because they have 
uh, they're stockholders, right? So they behold to the CCP. But when they're on the street with those kids, and those kids were some of them were their own kids or their family kids or their neighbors' kids, and they were kind of beating them, right? I mean, some of them it was so hard to do what they're called to do by the CCP government. But that's the point where they must make a decision: should I comply to beat those kids, which are people I know, or do I withhold and say, this is not the right thing to do. And it takes guts and courage, guys. It takes guts and courage to rise up to do what's right. And I'm calling for everyone across this nation. We have this moral compass in us that God has given us. All of us have this moral compass. We all know murdering someone is wrong. Right. Healing someone is wrong just because out of spite. No, that's wrong. We all know that. So, I am challenging those police in Australia to rise up. Hey, so what if you lose your job? If you lose your benefit with your government? So what? What what is the right thing at the end of the day? You're sleeping on that pillow. What is the right thing you've done before you and God and your your fellow man? And now this is a call to people in America as well. Of course, we still have our Second Amendment. The mm-hmm. Democrat, you know, want to take it away. Biden and Kamala Harris, of course, they hate, you know, our guns. Yep. So they'll make it very difficult. But the thing is that I am challenging our military right now to never comply with the government demand. Your job is to defend the, sec- the Second Amendment, this- defend the Constitution, and defend the people that you work for. You don't work for the government. You mm-hmm. work for the people. And so we have to look at history. That's where it all started, right? Look at Hitler movement, right? Yeah. And they have to come to that crossroad as well. Some comply, some rebel and get caught and got murdered. But so what? Now, this is the thing. We are in America. We won't get there yet where we'll be murdered for making the right choice. But we might lose our job. We might get relocated. But look at this, guys. We are making history. We are putting our signature to change the course of history. For what? For good or for bad? That's what we have to assess each and every day. Yeah, they're going to look back on this and it's not going to be a positive view of everything that's going on. It's going to be like, what were they thinking? Absolutely. So history will look back 20 years from now. They'll look at not only America, but they look, they'll look at Australia. They'll look at Hong Kong. They'll look at around the world, right? Mm-hmm. They would say, Australia, what did you do to your people? And they're going to look at America. What do we do to our people? Are we going to rise up? And we're and we going to be that beacon of light, which we are known for. Yeah. So we must continue to be that beacon of light to the world because this is a free nation. We have allowed and opened many doors for liberty and human rights uh, across the nation, across uh, you know the countries. But the thing is that they want to destroy America. So then therefore we won't be that beacon of light so they can uh, usher in globalist agenda, you know, um, the agenda 21, whatever it might be. But the thing is that the problem is we cannot do that. We cannot allow that to happen. We must rise because for the sake of our children, we all have kids, right? We all have, you know, maybe nephew and niece as well. Thinking of their future 20 years from now, even just say five years from now, where would we see their future? We won't see it if we don't fight for it. So that's the reason why I'm fighting so hard. I count the costs because this is what my parents did. My mom and dad count the costs 
knowing that when they escape on that fishing boat, that we could have been captured, tortured, raped, and murdered. But they count the cost with a glimpse of hope for the free world that they took us. And God was able to protect us. And now we're here in America. So I'm challenging all the audience who are listening. Count the cost. Take inventory. It takes courage. It takes determination. And it takes a moral compass to do what's right. And this is a time where you have to make that decision for the course of your life and your family's life and future and and the, the future of America. We must count the costs, knowing that we might lose our job. We might relocate, but think about this. That might be the best thing for us because as American, we rebuild ourselves. Look at the depression. When we went through depression, we thought we're over, right? America's over. But look, we rebuilt ourselves into yes. an amazing nation. Now, this is what we're going through as American right now through COVID, through you know all this critical race theory, the destruction within America. What are we going to do? This is our time. What are we going to do? This is my question to your audience. What will you do? What is your legacy? The time is now. And so I'm calling your audience to partner up with me to do this together because I cannot do this alone. It takes every person, every heart to be courageous, to rise up in their area and circle of influences to make this impact. And it takes one person at a time. It takes one family at a time. And it takes this generation to turn the course of history and rebuild ourselves again into the great nation. Even though, granted, America is not always perfect because no nation is perfect, but it is the best nation of free people. And so that's what we need to fight for. So got my vote. You know, <laughs> I am I'm very passionate, as you know. I have a purpose because I've witnessed what communism will do to to the people. And I cannot experience it again. I experience it once. Well that's the crazy again. that's the craziest thing is that they will completely discount people who have real world experience with this very thing. And they'll call them names, they'll try to devalue their their testimony but like people like you and some of our other guests that have literally come from communist countries and dealt with this stuff it's like why would you not listen to that person and that's like talking about like delivering mail and then you, you're you know you got the, the guy in the waiting room that's like oh i I'm, i work for the post office it's like no 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 you're, you're an idiot yeah exactly like, right what? Exactly. Well, what it is, is to start with our education system, right? Uh, the CCP, the communist Confucianists have infiltrate into our educational system yeah, yes, they have. for so long. And they've trained our children to love socialism, love Marxism, love communism. But anyone who's patriotic going against that is evil, yeah. evil. Obviously racist. And so because all this training, that's why it's so important. Back to your first question, how do I implement this U.S. history, the Constitution, to our public education? Now, this is the thing. Public education in and of itself, it's another beast that we have to target um, because it has. It needs to be modified. It needs to be, uh, you know, basically it is so much that's going on. But what I have to do is to encourage people, parents as well, mm -hmm. with this whole mandate 
pushing down from Gavin Newsom just a couple of days ago right. that they have to show their vaccine passport in California in order to go to public school. That is insanity to me. That is unconstitutional. It's just a mandate. So it's up to the teacher, school board, and you know the, the teachers union. But we have no hope in the teachers union. Well, the right teachers union is the, right. the mafia now, basically. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So what I want to implement when I get to DC is the voucher system, school choice. So the voucher system will follow the child wherever they go. Um, so it gives them competition with other private schools and it's cheaper Yeah. because say public school, right? Each child that goes to public school, they get about, I say 15 to 20,000 a year for that child. So that's what the teachers union and the, that school is taking, right? That public school. Now, if we make a voucher uh, for each child, maybe uh, we can do it 15 or less, right? Depends. But but with a private school institution, you know, it's about between five to 10,000 a year for a student. Yep. Now, if we give them 15,000 for that child, since we already have that for public school, right? If we did give that to the uh, child to follow them wherever they go, they can use that extra money for extra curriculum, right? And that's always a beneficial to them. So why not give give parental choice and the kids because the parent know what's best for their child, not not the public school, not the government. So therefore, I want more power back to the parents, more power back to that family. And the voucher system will allow that. And uh, and then in that way, it will hopefully wake up the teachers union to say, holy crap, you know, we might need to fix the system so we can have more children back to the public system. But if they don't, then it will naturally crumble. And that's that's what it's going to be. It's a free market, right? Sure is. So uh, so that's what I would do with, you know, implementing teaching, allowing you know, parents to learn, I mean, kids to learn the American history, the Constitution, because that's what we need. Uh, because in history now, they're teaching about other stuff where we don't really need it. It's not necessary. But a nation that does know does not know its history is doomed to fail. Yeah. And that's what we have learned in history. I, I, I have my minor in history major. Uh, I got my degree in teaching. And uh, I minor in uh, in history, and I know if a nation does not learn their history, they will be doomed. Yes. So that's why it's so important to implement. You know, as federal, we want, of course, the state to have their individual, but we give them funding that we want them to make sure this is the United States of America, right? Learn your the United States of America history. Come yeah. on, guys, <laughs> right? If it's like. China, then learn the Chinese history, right? This is the United States of America. Learn the United States of America history. But if they don't do it, they should not get funding. Right. Yeah, that's another thing that's uh, that's extremely important, too. We're really going to have to start pulling back some of the funding from these ones that want to teach the opposite or go off a curriculum that was written, for instance, let's say by the New York Times, who just choose to selectively rewrite history to make it worse and make Ugh. America look not great. So... Yeah, those are some excellent points. Um, before we cut with you today, and let me say I am extremely impressed with how passionate and fired up you are. I mean, I've heard you do radio shows down here in San Diego um, in the past, but mm-hmm. to hear you talk to us, it, it, it was a pretty amazing experience to hear just how you know you're really involved and and, and just feeling it and 
burning for this country right now. And, yeah. and we appreciate you coming on with us. We have an extremely uh, interactive listenership. We have a lot of patriots that listen to this show out in California. And, and I can assure you that they're going to be interacting with your campaign in the very near future, if not immediately. Um, can you please tell our listeners, in addition to your website for your congressional run, any place that they could find you, maybe on social media, whatever you feel comfortable giving out? Yes, yes, no, I'm Ron. Uh, so this is the thing. I really need your help uh, and your audience help as well. If they can chip in, of course, max out donation is 2,900 per cycle. And the whole election is 5,800. And then it's couple is 11,6, right? Mm-hmm. So you just kind of double it up. Now, um, they can go to my webpage, which is Amy, just my name, Amy, A-M-Y, fan, P-H-A-N, West, W-E-S-T, dot com. So uh, I use my maiden name as well. Uh, so people know that I'm Vietnamese. Uh, but yeah, so amyfanwest.com there. That they feel like that will help me. Uh, and then also they can click on volunteers. If they're locally in Orange County here, we would love them to come and walk with us, make those calls with us. Calls they can do from anywhere. So if they are from other state and they want to help me, volunteer, click on volunteer to make those calls because that's what we'll be doing next. And then also make chip in, chip in like everyone who's on your, uh, your, station i want them to number one chip in any amount to click on volunteer and that's what we have to do to mobilize this because this seat is winnable we can take it back but we need two helps which is one is financially second is a grassroots effort right absolutely and as you know in california ballot harvesting is legalized right yes unfortunately unfortunately we know that (laughs) and yes in order to win this we have to be competitive. We have to make sure we have people on the ground to watch, you know, the uh, counting the absentee ballot, being at the register of voter, being at the station where the voting booth is. So and then not only that, we need to target media, target different group and all of those costs money. Uh, but because of legalized ballot harvesting in California, it's going to ne- we have to need an extra step. We have to be more diligent and we have to take an extra step to secure that vote. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so the other crazy thing is um, the Democrat is not going to give up that easily for us to take back the House, even though their leadership for the last seven months is insanity yeah. on every front. Yeah. Yes. People will be voting the independent uh, non-party preference and a moderate Democrat will be vote, voting more conservative. But we have to be careful because the Democrat will play a game which they play in the recall election, which we have observed the data and everything that they use it as a Republican uh, election, right? It's a Republican recall election yeah. or it is a Trump thing. If you yes. vote for for Amy Fan West, you're voting for Trump, right? So it's a distaste in people's mouth. So what we have to do as Republican is counterattack that with a different narrative. If the Democrat is good with that narrative, we have to outdo them and outsmart them. Our campaign team, we have a strategy. We have a plan how to outsmart them. That uh, capacity, but we do need funding to help get that message out. So uh, that is the problem. Remember, Republicans, conservative, that we have the best messaging, but we have to outdo them. 
we have great policy, but we have to be smart to outdo them on every front. Now, with their policy, they have nothing in their policy but only sweet words, yep. sweet promises, which will be at the bottom unveil its, its emptiness, emptiness and despair. So what we have to do is expose that emptiness and despair. And as Republican, as conservative, we can do that because we have a lot to lose, guys. Oh, yeah. We have our family and our livelihood to lose. So therefore, we have to come up with the best messaging to counterattack that. So that is the game plan. That is my tip for all conservative who are running or uh, independent. However, if you love this country, that is a message for you that you have to counterattack the narrative. And um, and we have to outdo them and outsmart them. Um so be on alert, be vigilant, don't hold, don't, don't take a break because there's no time to take a break. We're in a war in a yes. way, guys. Yeah. It is a war. And so we have to fight smart. It's very important to fight smart because if you don't, you're going to be outspent. You, you'll be tired, exhausted, and you can't finish this race. And so fight smart, strategize, strategize, strategize every moment and delegate uh, tasks to your team, to your volunteer, because you cannot take up everything. So entrust those to your volunteers and trust that to your team, uh, because mainly the candidate, their job is to campaign, yep. which is fundraise, 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 meet with donors, meet with donors, meet with donors, speaking engagement, speaking engagement, speaking engagement, and uh, <laughs> and make those calls, make those calls, make those calls. And I know it's hard work, but you got to do it. And that's how we're going to win this thing for uh, taking back the house in 2022. So if your people who hear this today would just go onto my webpage, amyfanwest.com. And if you can chip in, hey, chip in 100. Imagine every patriot chip in 100. We can get those funding because I don't want to take money from, you know, the dark money or the lobbyists. You know, let's I'm working for we the people, period. And I also sign on to term limit as well. And I bet you <laughs> the Democrats are not going to sign on to term limit no, because no. they want their power. God forbid. And I know, you know, those who've been career politicians do not want to do that. So it's time that we, the people, rise up and sign on to this term limit, which I did. I sign on. You can see me as well. My name's on there. So I want to work for we, the people, for a certain amount, eight eight years of it, eight years, 10 years, 12 years, whatever. When I'm done, I'm done. I'm going home to take care of my family, take care of my business and live my life, the, live the American dream still, right? Yeah. And invest in, in people. And that's what I want to do. We have to give back, right? To society, to keep moving this next generation up. And I noticed as well as the GOP, we are losing the young generation. Sure are, we yeah. Have reach them we have to have to because those young kids think about it they're looking for mentorship look at this whole past year the riot it's the young kids yep that never got mentorship never get you know a spanking in a way right yeah but mentorship embrace like adults who are older must reach down to the younger kids and say, Hey, let me take you out for coffee or breakfast. And you know, how are you doing? Get to know them and speak to them. But those who are younger, if you don't have any older people reaching out to you, you take the initiative because as young kids, we love the challenge. We love initiative, right? Yep. Let's do that. We must 
ask the older folks, say, hey, can I take you out for breakfast? And can I pick your brain? They have tons of experience. They've seen so many things. They experienced so many things that we can learn from them. They are the walking history book, right? And that's what we have to do. We have to glean from the older generation and the older generation gleaning from the younger generation, taking up our passion, taking up our, you know, creativity because the younger generation can give that to the older folks because older folks, granted, we do sometimes get stagnant, okay, because we, it's easy to get in our ways and uh, in the regular routine and we forget about the passion we used to have or the challenge we love to take upon right we just become complacent now this is the thing every generation need to clean glean from each other that's how the cycle works in life and that's how we become better um so um you know i just want to challenge your audience number one to go on my webpage to donate and sign up for volunteer. Nice. Two, they must rise up and partner up with me and be bold and courageous in their circle of influences. This is the time. There's no other time to fight and change history than now. If we don't do now, there's a saying, if not this, not me, then who? Right. If not now, then when? When would you do it? Like, look at Hitler. Are you going to be the last one to like until everyone walk into the, you know, the oven and then you're going to do something that's too late. That's too late. So the time is now the writing it's on the wall. We see it. And that's it's a biblical statement I just made. Yeah. When we see a writing on the wall, I mean, words, God is um, giving us a warning, right? This is a warning to America right now. Look around us. If you're a Christian. If you love God and you call yourself a follower of Christ, look around you. Look at the attack that the society evil is attacking your children, attacking your grandchildren and stripping them of their innocence. Are we okay to stand by and do nothing? Hell no. Sorry, hell is in the Bible. No way, right? No way. So we have to rise up and make that different. This is the time, guys. I am calling you i'm begging you as americans this is the time to be bold be courageous count the cost and be all in all in i am i am all in 100 i hope you guys are as well yes and last last this is the third thing i want your audience to do if you're an older generation i encourage you implore you today to reach out to the younger kids they are seeking for a mentorship. They're seeking for guidance that someone would take them under their wings to lead them and guide them. Because at the younger stage, they don't have a direction and know what to do or how to go in life. But if you can mentor and take them under your wings and give them part wisdom to them, oh my gosh, they will remember you forever, yeah. forever. And younger generation, uh, encouragement to you, don't be discouraged. Take up the initiative because you love challenge. Look for someone in your neighborhood. Look for someone at your church who, who's older. You know, they live through life. Take them for coffee. Take them for breakfast or donut. You know, they'll love donuts. Take them for a donut Sunday morning donut, right? And pick their brain. Ask them about what they've seen, how history was like back then, and, and what's the difference they've seen, and what was actually the cause that caused it to rapidly go into this direction. They would tell you. 
They will love to tell you. And so that is my three challenge to your audience today. So please do that. And remember, that is the only way to change history and change our nation for the good and for our children. So um, my website, again, is amyfanwest.com. Chip in. if you can give more, max out. But if you can't, totally understand it is hard time right now because that's the purpose of the Democrat is to take away our money, our livelihood that we work so hard and to make us so poor that we will rely upon the government. And we're going to say, hell no, hell no. We're going to fight hard. We're going to work hard. If even um, Fauci says it's going to be a dark winter, we're going to say, hell no. We're going to continue to work to provide for our family. That's it. We're not going to be locked down again. Nope. And that's what I'm going to fight against. So it's unconstitutional. It's un-American. We as American, we work hard. We make a living. More money should go into our pocket and we decide what to do. Yep. Especially in California. Right. Absolutely. The taxes are insane. Yeah. Yeah, so California is a great state. It's beautiful. This is where I raise my kids. This is where we have our business. We will stay, continue to fight. We will fight to the end. So help us in this fight by making a donation today. Absolutely. Amy, we're going to get you back on down the road a little bit as the campaign goes on and get an update. Did we get her social media accounts for our listenership? Yeah. Oh, so, so. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm on all of it. So look for my name, just Amy Fan West, A-M-Y-P-H-A-N-W-E-S-T. So I'll, I'll, Twitter is growing like crazy. Yes, it is. But I do have a lot of uh, Democrats who are just, I don't know, they're just spies or whatever, but they just are nasty, saying nasty things because, you know, they're behind the screen and they can say all these things without any consequences, but we have to hold them accountable. If you want a good dialogue with them on my Twitter account, please go on there and say something. We sure will. And we'll be sending our audience your way. We're going to uh, live link your website and your socials in the show description today, which would probably please a lot of the Democrats. And then we'll send you the link so you could share them as well. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, guys, for having me on, Ron and Noah. You guys are amazing. Keep up the great work. And uh, that's what we have to do. Everyone is a part of this great movement. And, and you're a really big part of that in California right now. This is Miss Amy Fan West, running out of California 45. Thanks for coming down and sharing with us today. Absolutely. You guys have a great day. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. You as well, ma'am. Welcoming to the show now, Miss Anna Kate. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys. It's so good to be with you again. (laughs) Great to have you back. Now, for our listening audience, you may or may not know, you could have seen her on a celebrity poker tour at some point. You may have seen her on season 32 of Survivor. We met her at Clay Clark's Reawaken America tour in Anaheim back in July. And since then, I've been really anticipating welcoming her back to the show. And here we are. Here we are. Yes. It was really nice to bump into you guys at Clay Clark's event. Um, I loved your your podcast. Even looking at your studio now, you guys have a, a great little studio there. But I, I had a really good time chatting with you. I know we got to, uh, you know, we had a really good conversation. We got to pray after and it was just a really great event. And I was just in Colorado as well. And it was just, I was blown away. I mean, the, the conference is getting better and better. You know, there's more people being touched by God. There's more people, 
gaining hope in a very dark world. And that is what we need. We need a response. We need to know a call to action, what to do, but also know that our faith is not in man or this dark world. Our faith is in God. So it's a pleasure to be here again. Yeah, it's really good to have you back. And it was really good meeting you originally. Um, Then to do an interview today to do the news. But before we really get into some of the the hot toppies going on in the world right now, I want our listening audience to get to know you a little bit because, you know, it's hard to just hear a name and they might know you from, you know, things you've done in the past and in general, but let's bring our listening audience up to speed on what exactly it is you do now. You say the Clay Clark reawaken America tour, our audience definitely knows what that is. Um, what, what are you out in the world doing at the moment? Sure. Well, at the moment, I'm actually focused on full-time ministry, which is so funny because, you know, just five years ago, I was an atheist and a liberal. And I would have never thought that I would be on a conservative stage. It's saying I'm a conservative and also believing in God and talking about Jesus. So, I mean, actually, this was six years ago in 2015, after I filmed the show Survivor, and uh, I got back home and lost my passion for playing poker because I was a professional poker player, like you said, traveling the world and, you know, on different shows and, and um, really thought I had everything together. But deep down inside, I was quite miserable and quite unhappy. And I felt like I was missing something. There was something I was yearning for, but everywhere I looked, I, and I turned to nothing fulfilled me. So long story short, I went down the rabbit hole by a random video I watched on YouTube and found out that there's Satanism out there, there's child trafficking out there, there's the Illuminati and this and that and the New World Order. And, Pretty sure we've seen and, that video before. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're all over YouTube. Well, thank God, because I, I got red-pilled through it. And I went down this rabbit hole for six months where I couldn't play poker anymore. I just kept reading and digging and reading and reading and watching videos and ordering books, reading Jekyll Island, reading all this information and realizing this is an evil world. And I've been ignorant to it. And so that kind of led me on a quest to finding out the truth. And if you, if you ever read the Bible, you know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But at that point, I was still an atheist. I was like, no way, God's real. I was going to go to medical school. I was a science nerd um, and, you know, decided to put that on hold to play poker. And that, you know, that, that went well. So anyway, um, Six months in, my show aired on television in 2016, the beginning of 2016. And that was around the time where I saw, um, you know, President Trump, candidate Trump talking about what's going on in the world. And I thought, he's right. Like, what he's saying is true. And I remember feeling and thinking, I need to endorse him. I have a platform. I'm on television right now. There's millions of people constantly emailing and, 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 and following everywhere. And, and they, you know, I'm doing this survivor tour and with all the survivors and, and I'm thinking, you know, they all, they're all very liberal. <laughs> they all yeah. cannot stand Donald Trump. So I thought if I endorse him, I'm going to lose a lot of fans and lose pretty much all my friends. And, and, and even in my, in my private life, my real friends, they're all liberal and they're all, they all can't stand Trump. So I thought this is, this is a conundrum here, but then I just, I decided, you know what? I have to stand up for this country because I was born in the Soviet union. My family brought me here when I was four years old, we came here for freedom. We came here for, 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 for good life. And we came here for the constitution. And so I'm seeing this, this 
communist Democrat party pushing policies that are destroying this country. We have to protect our border. We have to, you know, get God back in school. And even when I was an atheist, I thought this, that this is destroying our country. So, um, I, I spoke out loud. The media attacked me, lost all my friends, lost a lot of fans. I mean, there was just, it was really bad. It was, it was, you know, people from the poker world on radio and on television, mm-hmm. trashing me people in the survivor world on radio and on television and podcast trashing me. It was, it wasn't easy, but you know what? I'm glad I went through it because I found my backbone. I realized I have one and I'm going to stand on it. Something that a lot of pastors need to grow. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes, they, they yes. need to have a better backbone, but there are a few that do have a strong backbone that are real shepherds and that are real leaders. And so president Trump is a real leader. So that um, got me to a point where I was like, you know what? I want to serve this country. I want to do something more than just tweet. I want to get active. I want to help. I want to serve. I want to sacrifice for this country. And so let's want to, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's good friends with James O'Keefe. And so James O'Keefe heard about me, contacted me and I went undercover in 2018 and infiltrated a lot of democratic campaigns and, infiltrated a communist organization called DSA, Democratic Socialist of America. Well, they admit in their meetings, they are actually communists. They're right. Leninist, Trotskyists, Stalinists. So, you know, got found two communists in the government, got them fired Nice um, for resisting Trump. I found out where they were leaking. Someone was leaking to the media. We found out who they were and, and the media outlet, and we blast, blasted that as well. So, I was able to to give back for the to the country, and it wasn't it really wasn't easy. People think that Project Veritas journalist, it, it's it's you know we're on the road six days a week, sometimes yeah. seven days a week for eight months. It was tough, but I it really was a sacrifice because I disappeared off social media for a year. That's another thing. James really takes his job seriously, and so he doesn't want us to get busted when we're deep in an operation, so um, or deep in into investigation. Yeah. And so, um, and he's right. And so it was hard. I'm like, I have a huge platform. I'm going to turn, but I turned it off and I said, you know what? I'm going to just give myself solely to this. I'm going to focus on this. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can. So thank God, you know, now a few years later, I, I found Jesus and, and, um, I found a lot of peace in my life. And right now I just, you know, it's, it, I, I get invited to speak at these different conferences about Marxism, communism, the perils of it. Um, I talk about the Lord. I talk about the investigative work. I talk about what I've seen behind the scenes, even with people like Antifa. And right. so um, there, there's just, I guess I'm, I'm releasing information, but also leading people to Jesus. So that's what I do now. It sounds like the best of both worlds. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Red pilling and then even more red pilling with the blood of Jesus. So it's awesome. <laughs> Literally red pilling. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad yeah, to have you on today. We're, we're glad we connected with you originally and we, you know, we consider you, Definitely a friend of the show, but it, it's more of a real context than people we just interact with online and stuff like that. And there are lots of them. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's those real person to person connections that you make. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, how did you run into Mr. Clay Clark? We ran into him abruptly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had followed him on social media for a while. I'd watched his or listened to his podcast. Um here and there and, and just thought some of the things he said were just eye opening and, and pretty outside the norm for someone that has had as much, uh, you know, success in regards to, uh, um, you know, the business area as he did to be saying some of the things that you don't necessarily, uh, see from mm-hmm. people in the business sector really <laughs> talking about. Um, right. you know, when he came on our show right before we went to Anaheim, he, uh, said, you know, I got, you got 27 minutes, but don't worry, I'll make it worth it. 
Yeah. And he wound up giving our show pretty much the same spiel he gave Steve Bannon's War Room a few months later. And it just, you could see Steve was getting uncomfortable with that. You know how much information he was. Yeah, he was, oh, 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 click, 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 click. He didn't even have a chance to cut him <laughs> off because he just kept going. He's getting the piece of paper and he's writing the COVID stuff and he's talking about what's in the yeah. jabs and all this other, you know. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing how awesome of a guy he is. How did you wind up running into him? And and what has your experience been like on the Reawaken America tour? You know, you said it has gotten better. It it most certainly has. And uh, you see some of these people who we're friendly with Ian Smith sends me videos all the time. And, you know, we, we, we see you at some of these speaking events and just the amount of people and the amount of revival this country's going through right now is amazing. But what's your experience been like? Yeah. Clay's a great guy. I, I adore Clay, adore his wife. Um, it's so funny because like you were saying before, he was such a business entrepreneur, so successful. He's got the number one podcast in business and he does really, really well. And it's, he, he's, he's always been a patriot, but never really an active patriot. And this is actually a delineation of when people ask me, you know, who are you? Are you, are you a journalist? Are you an undercover? No, I'm an active patriot. And that's what you guys are as well. And also your listeners, hopefully. They're active patriots. They're engaging in the society. So um, I, I'm just so grateful to him. So he, you know, he, he started noticing his guests talking about the, the truth behind COVID and, and trying to get the information out there. And then he realized that these people are saying the same thing as this doctor and this nurse is, has a different experience, but she wants to share this. And so, you know, he got this tour together. He found Jesus and he's just been on fire as well, which I so appreciate because you have the truth on one hand, right? You have the information on one hand, but on the other hand, you've got to give people answers. They need a call to action. They need to know what to do. They need to know how to, how to get rid of the sickness, but they also need um, hope because this is a world as we see is getting darker and more evil. And yeah. so that hope of, of our glory is through God. I mean, there's, you're, you're not going to get through anything in the coming days without God. You cannot, you, you will, you will, you, you will, it will be very, very, very hard. And at the end of the day, it's not even worth um, going through without him when he can make it just so much easier for you. And so much more, so much more enlightened as you go through it. But here's how I met Clay. Last year, um, I happened to bump, bump into a whistleblower who was the whistleblower behind Benghazi okay. you know, at, at American Priority Conference last year in October, which is actually coming up this weekend. So I'm actually going to be back there this weekend. But last year, exactly. Um, I was at the conference. I was speaking. I was on a faith-based panel also. And um, I, I, you know, I, I was introduced to this whistleblower. He had a whistleblower story from his other friend and, uh, you know, everyone kind of knows the Alan Perot story. So that, that, that story came out and I was never, I, I only helped them try to get it out to social media because it had a big following, but never did I think I'd become the face of it. But, um, Nick was in school and he couldn't take the interview. So here I am kind of like the poster child for this whistleblower story. And that story blew up. And there's more coming out, by the way, they're focusing right now on the election fraud coming out because that's, we're still battling that monster. Yeah. But, um, but that's how Clay heard about me. So Clay said, Hey, would you come on my show? And I did. And he was one of the funnest shows I've been on. Like he's funny. He's got a great panel there and it was just super fun. I'm like, Clay, you're really cool. You know, whenever you need me, call me back. Cause I, I, I had fun. So, um, so then, yeah. So then a few months later, uh, actually, no, I would say, yeah, around April or May, he reached out and said, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about putting this, this conference together. Would you be interested? And I said, absolutely. What do you want me to talk about? He said, well, you know, just project Veritas and, uh, communism, whatever you feel is on your heart. Just, just, I, I want you to be there. So 
that was basically it. And from then on, you know, he's just, he just keeps the band together, but there's just such incredible Patriots. Like I pinch myself on even up there. Like, what am I even doing up here? You know, I'm just a little girl from, from Brooklyn, New York, who, um, found out about some things, did a little few things and, and love Jesus. Like I shouldn't even be up there, but, um, it's, it's, it's an honor, but I have to say, even the first event at Tulsa, was incredible. Yeah, it was. It was incredible. And so I've been doing political events for a long time. I've been asked to speak back in even in in, in 2016 um, because I you know I endorsed Trump and I was the only one from reality television to do so. And so I understand that's why they invited me. But I got to tell you, seeing the hunger for God and the hunger for truth and the hunger for righteousness in this country and the hunger for justice in this country, I've never seen anything like it. People are just outpouring their hearts to God and saying, God, help our country. It says in the word, if you pray and you ask him and you repent, he is, he is so good. He will hear your prayer. He will answer and he will heal our land. And so I, it's just, it's incredible seeing the, the, the amount of people that how they're fighting in their own States and their, in their own local communities and their own school boards, they're really pushing back against the agenda. And I, I love seeing active Patriots come together. Yeah. It's definitely Awesome to, as cliche as it sounds, see the nation starting to reawaken and come back to the things that makes this country great again, which is relying back on God and the gospel, getting back into cleaning up these communities, starting at the school boards and the city councils and the township meetings and stuff like that, all the way up to like you, uh, you know, just mentioned the election integrity stuff, which is still a work in progress and something that you know, we're not going to have disposition on for a little while still, but definitely something that's getting re-examined in, in, in a big time sense. That's right. Yeah. So, all right. Right now we're going to uh, jump into some of the news. Um, I think one of the things that's pretty prevalent in the United States right now and, and pretty much the world is the, the never ending COVID narrative. Um, it does never end. It sure isn't. Well, <laughs> it, it's probably coming to an end because, you know, like we've heard some people mention before, we have the PCR test retiring in, in just a few short months. And after that, if they don't come up with something relevant or similar to test with, you know, you're going to start to see uh, COVID slowly go away and then the flu maybe come back. I mean, COVID's always going to be around, but at the, end, but at the same time, there, there's little time to get as many people as possible vaccinated. And that's what the big push is for now. Yeah. Before the PCR test can give all those false positives, no more. Let's get as many people jabbed as possible. Well, they already came out with the adjusted death toll, of right. what was actually 6%, something like that, of the, the, the number. Right, of yeah. the 600 plus thousand. Yeah. So, well, one of our show favorites, who hasn't been on in a few weeks, you know who? Dr. Fauci. Mm. He was back. You are part of the problem. Yes, we are. Yes. Um, And he was talking about almost quoting the Joker on how we live in a society and things of that nature. A society? A society. Wow. Let's hear what he had to say before he really got into it this weekend. You are a member of society. And as a member of society, reaping all the benefits of being a member of society you have a responsibility to society. And I think each of us, particularly in the context of a pandemic that's killing 
millions of people. Stop it. You have got to look at it and say there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision. Nope. (laughs) For the greater good of society. Hey, Antoinette, how does that statement make you feel? Well, I can't. I can't listen to the guy anymore. I thought you liked him. Oh, I love him so much. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anna, when you hear someone who's the highest paid federal employee and supposedly the tip of the spear in regards to combating this, air quoting now, deadly disease, Mm. how how does someone who, who has that much influence over people who may not have the ability to clearly think for themselves, you know, such misleading statements like that, massive deaths and giving up your personal liberties for the benefit of a society. 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 I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like the book 1984 and also the brave new world. I mean, it's all about the better for society and also the giver, one of my favorite books. It's, it's all rhetoric and nonsense. And he is just a puppet of the deep state. The ministry of truth. (laughs) Yeah, the ministry of truth, right? The ministry of justice. And it's it's all a facade. It's all lingo. And it's all it's all bull. It's all to take away our rights. I mean, we, we see through it as patriots. We understand how much they hate our liberties and hate our rights. And here's the thing with Marxists and communists. If you give them any ground, they will take more. Oh, yeah. So you, you have to stand your ground or they will take it all. And so we're seeing people rise up around the world. Right. And we're seeing people rise up in America as well. But it's almost like a lot of Americans are lethargic. They're just they're 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 being conditioned to live in hopelessness because of the stolen election, for example. Yes. And that we can't do anything. And so there's like a period right now. I see this just this. it's not apathy, but it's like lethargy. They 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 are angry, but they don't know what to do because they feel like they're not being heard. They're losing their job. There's this hopelessness and despair that's kind of just having a wave across this country. And it's a lie. It's a perpetual lie. It's a lie from the pits of hell that we need to give up our liberty and give up our right to go to church or go to work because we're not succumbing to their jab. Yeah, it's and, a it's it's definitely a an effort to overload people and just make them feel like there's nothing they can do. It's like, well, I'm going to lose my job and I'm going to lose everything that I have and you know, I can't pay my rent. Yeah, it's just it's just meant to overload people and stress them out to the point where they just give up. Because on the one side, they're pressuring you. And on the other side, they're taking away answers or taking away um, a place where you can go and get help, which is churches. Right. That's the reason why they attack the Constitution, liberties and also the church. Yeah, because that's where people go. This is why I'm so grateful for my pastor, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown who last year in March decided to stand and say, no, I am not closing my church. Church is an essential service. Where are these people going to go if they're scared of a virus, if they're, if they're, if they're, they can't pay the rent because they, everything's closed and they, they can't work. Where do they go when they're hit with suicidal thoughts, depression, anger, frustration at what's going on in the world? Where do they go? They, you want them to kill themselves? No, church is an essential service. Yes. And so he stood up and thank God, Governor Ron DeSantis said, you know what? I am going to make churches an essential service. It is an essential service. Yeah. You have doctors, but you need someone to also talk about the spiritual health as well. Yeah. And have people have some kind people. of a, a feeling of community. What'd you say, Antoinette? They don't want people getting together also because that's um, this group, in church, yep, that's pray, where it comes from. 
prayer is a very powerful weapon. And I feel like that's what they were stopping as well. I mean, along with, you know, people congregating in church, they talk to each other, you know, to figure things out. But I think prayer is one of the reasons why they didn't want people going to church. Yeah. Knocking people out of the gyms to give them a healthy release that actually helps with their emotional and mental well-being. It just adds more to the people just feeling like they live in this insurmountable jacked up place yeah you take that combine it with the spiritual aspect or the lack thereof from closing of of a lot of churches in the country and you you have a lot of people that become reliant on netflix and waiting for government Mm -hmm. checks to be issued Mm. and that's that's a pretty sad place to be in so it's it's it's, go ahead no i was gonna say exactly and and i totally agree with antoinette that it says in the bible do not forsake the gathering of the church which means prayer as well, but it means just gathering together people laughing and just having hope and just, and and enjoying one another. You know, we're, we're meant to be loved. We're meant to love one another. And so you take that away and people are isolated. It's like they're living in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between sitting at home by yourself or sitting in a prison cell by yourself? It's the same thing. It, it, you know, it leads to despair. And so, um, you know, it says in the Bible, right. These, these, these three mighty men of God during uh, the captivity of Babylon and of, of Israel, they were unashamed of their God. And they said, we will not bow down to what this wicked government is saying. We will not bow down to Dr. Fauci. We will not bow down to the job that we're being forced to take. We are not going to bow down and give our rights up. We are going to proclaim what the Bible says, what, the, what God has said, which is not forsake one another, keep our churches open keep our faith and hope in him. And he's going to want, he's going to be the one to rescue us. And he is the one who rescues and saves. So that's a good point. (laughs) And and you you make an excellent point too, because um, Dr. Fauci went on the Steve Hewitt show later in the week and they got to talking. So what if these people all do get together? And what if these people do start forming their own narratives and conclusions about the whole COVID narrative? At some point, do you think if people just stop listening to you, will you just go away? Yeah. And, and you think he, he will? And he had a pretty interesting response <laughs> to that. Let's hear it. I hope he do, it goes away. Controversy since the virus started include the botch testing at the beginning, mm. no research on masks for children in primary care, mm. the J&J pause, the controversy over the... Um, uh, the use or non-use of ivermectin, and there was no study yet completed. Seems Dr. Carl told me chair. it's not done yet. Yeah. The uh, the no discussion of of natural immunity, which exists and ought to be out there. The discussion of herd immunity, which is switched switched back and forth. The mask discussion at the beginning: don't wear masks, the noble lie, and then wear masks. Now equity issues in the FDA panel scientific discussion. Oh, he's with Brett sitting down for this one. In the CDC and the FDA. And I actually believe a lot of Americans, a significant part of America, now have lost confidence in you, Dr. Fauci. Ooh. Is there Ooh. a point where you will say, I do more harm than good because people don't listen to me anymore and step aside? No. Yeah, absolutely. Un- <laughs> absolutely not. No. <laughs> I saw that one coming. You know, and it got even worse. So he, he piggybacked himself off of that <laughs> podcast and then jumped on with all of our friends over at CNN. That's my new sound clip. No. 
They, <laughs> yeah, right. they, they throw them on. They got the COVID ticker up. Ugh. Spikes everywhere. Yeah, uh, breakthrough cases, all because of the unvaccinated. Are they going to get up to how many people are dying a second, like a little ticker on the bottom, like somebody just died? So so he goes <laughs> out to say, and I mean, he had a really bad week. Following that, let me pause for a second. He went on MSNBC over the weekend with a reporter. I, I don't have that audio because they've scrubbed it from the internet. Was he glaring at whoever his handlers are on the side, like, how did you get me this interview? Like, what are you doing? Well, no, it got worse because he's on <laughs> with this girl from MSNBC and she's talking to him. She's like, yeah, I was really looking forward to interviewing you. And I'm sorry we had to push the interview back because me and my entire family, including my children, are all double backs. Mm. Some of us have a booster shot. And wow. I, had to, I had to put this interview off for a couple of days because I, got I'm, COVID. I have COVID right now. My entire family got COVID in our house only from us. And I, and I have to do this interview from in my home. And wow. she's and she's like, how do you explain yourself? And he just went through the whole thing. Well... You are part of the problem. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so so then, the problem with the narrative. Leapfrog from that one. So now we're in two bombshells in a row. Got him. And he goes on CNN and says, you want to know what? At the end of the day, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to congregate for Christmas this oh. year. Oh, my God. Yeah. We I may got news not be, for you. We, I went to Christmas last year. So everyone from both sides of the aisle, I'm talking about from Bill Maher and Jimmy Kimmel all the way up through... Every Emerald Robinson was absolutely destroying him <laughs> and, and was just trying to play damage control for this guy. So he had to go back on CNN yesterday and listen to the way he tries to spin Christmas 2021. Oh, God. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. No more, no more COVID around at all. Oh. You know, I also said something over the weekend that was taken completely out of context I was asked, if you're what the could we predict for this winter, for like December and Christmas? I was going to ask said, you. Yeah, I mean, I say you hold off on that. I said, we don't know because oh. we've seen slopes that went down and then came back up. The best way to assure that we'll be in good shape as we get into the winter would be to get more and more people vaccinated. That was misinterpreted as my saying we can't spend Christmas with our families, which was absolutely not the case. That's exactly I what he said. I will be spending yeah. Christmas yeah. with my family. I encourage people, particularly the vaccinated people <laughs> who are protected, to have a good, normal Christmas with your family. But just the way all of the other disinformation goes around, you say something talking about a landmark of a time, and it gets misinterpreted that I'm saying you can't spend family Christmas time, which is nonsense. You can't. It's what he exactly what he said. Yeah. Hey, no, what the hell? <laughs> so, Anna, weigh in on this. I mean, isn't it blow your mind that we're at a point now where you literally have thousands of people who were considered heroes last year, doctors, nurses, teachers, all the way down to people who work at Walmart and Target. Um, some of our finest boys in blue men of fire departments and, and emergency services all losing their job from federally mandated vaccine mandates. And we've kind of heard a roller coaster of absolute things that make no sense over the last three quips that we played. Plus my commentary on the lady who was really pissed off at him from MSNBC because oh, she's so mad. She was dealing with it again. And, and you have things in combination with like the director of the NIH 
stepping down today because of all the scandals he's been associated with in regards to the gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, the fact that they basically funded the CCP and their their military uh, parts of that government to basically do unmitigated, unobserved research that ideally we all know created this virus uh, for years, and look, and look at what it's turned into. And now you have people in America losing their jobs and their livelihood all because of this narrative that makes absolutely no sense. Exactly. I mean, they, they cause the problem and then they are the ones that offer the solution. And the solution is with an iron fist. Mm -hmm. If you don't comply, you will be fired. It's so incredible because, you know, 175 medical professionals were fired in New York last week because they refused to take the jab. A lot of them were doctors. A lot of them were nurses. Like you were saying, the same doctors and nurses that were heroically standing in the gap and helping people and treating people um, with COVID in hospitals and in their offices when they didn't have the vaccine. A lot of them did get sick, right? And so they have natural immunity. So my question is, what's up? Have we completely, are we completely ignoring natural immunity? Yes. Like, Is it not as effective as a synthetic vaccine? It's ridiculous because the math, the science shows and the math shows behind the science is that Natural immunity is 82 times more potent and much more effective than a synthetic jab, an experimental vaccine, right? You are the guinea pigs in this world right now for the vaccine where you have natural immunity. Your body makes these proteins. You have a lot, you have a very intricate immune system, which is actually what I fell in love with when I was studying biology. I used to teach this, mm-hmm. you know, you have B cells and helper T cells. They all work in conformity. They all work so harmoniously together to fight off and ward against many types of bacteria and many viruses. And your body is extremely capable of getting rid of this virus. That's 99.98% survivable. Mm -hmm. So how come we're forcing nurses and doctors who have a lot of them have a natural immunity already to conform to a jab, which is worse than natural immunity. I mean, it just, the whole thing does not make sense. And, and, and that's the thing is that there are people that realize, and some of the people in the world are realizing, wait, something's going on. Like, for example, I have some liberal friends who reached out to me and messaged me and said, and I need help. Can you help me with a religious exemption? I don't want to take this jab. And I know they're liberal. I know they're liberal because I see their posts. I'm so friends with them on Facebook. Right. And I'm just like, wow, even mm-hmm. they know something's amiss. They, 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 they don't like to be coerced. Humans don't like to be forced. See, see, in, in the Bible, there's a there's a different God is all about freedom of choice. Yes. God gives you freedom. You can choose him or you can choose your way. You can choose him or you can choose the devil's way. It's your choice. That's why Adam and Eve, they 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 were given everything. You they have all the food and all the resources and everything, but there's a tree of life and a tree of good and evil. And God always gave them a choice. They picked every day if they're going to pick God or pick their own way and disobey him, right? Because he's a God of love, because love does not force anyone to do anything. God is a gentleman. The devil, on the other hand, is all about coercion, force, manipulation, lies, deception. That's his system. And we're living in the enemy's system in this world. And so when we break free and understand that this is propaganda, these are lies, these are manipulation, this is complete baloney. And you know what? Jesus prophesied a mark of the beast coming. I don't yes. think the vaccine is a mark of the beast yet. I think it's a I think it's a prototype of what's to come. 
primer. I think it's very much, you know, it's like a primer. It's, it's, um, it's, it's like a test run. Um, but eventually it's going to be something that will be in your, uh, 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 I think it's your right hand or your forehead and you won't be able to buy or sell. You won't be able to buy or sell without it. You won't be able to go back to work. You won't be able to fly. We're getting there. Yeah, they're is, already you know, saying it's not a, yeah. you're not going to be able to yes. go to the grocery store. You're not going to be able to participate in society yeah. unless you you're you vaccinated. Can, you can't buy food Which in we Australia. all do live in. We, yeah. Just to make it clear, we do live in a society. It's a society? Yeah. So we like to play some of our best senators on here, but at times we have to play the absolute worst. Oof. Not really a big fan of the show, Lindsey Graham, <laughs> yeah, was stumping in South Carolina this weekend. He was trying to fit in. He was wearing a vest. A vest? And a trucker hat. Wow. Speaking what? at an like event. Like a puffy vest? Like a hunting one? Yeah, but when you go down to South Carolina and, and you want to talk about things that are important to the actual people who live there. Did he do the fake accent like what they always do? I mean, he's just got a terrible fake <clears throat> accent. There are some things you can say in these trying times to your constituents. And then there's some things you just never should. Let's hear what road he decided to go down to this weekend. I bet I can guess. Oh boy. I get it because if you're my age. Oh my gosh. I didn't tell you to get it. You ought to think about it. Well, I'm glad I got it. 92% of the people in the hospitals in South Carolina are unvaccinated. That's not true. So I'm with you. I'm with you on let's don't mandate it. I'm with you that it's probably unconstitutional. But I am not going to legitimize what I think is the truth. The truth is that unvaccinated, unvaccinated I'm going to lose my job in 60 days. you got to stop it now. From who? From who? From the U.S. government, the Navy. Yeah, so I'm with you. So I just, I just don't know. Are you active? No. I'm going to civil sir. Well, here's what I'm going to Okay, I'm a veteran too. Mm. How many of you have taken uh, measles shots? In the military, in the military, they can say you got to get vaccinated. I think that's a dumb idea. You know why? We shouldn't be driving people away from serving. Like if you're a healthcare worker and you don't want to get vaccinated, they were backing them into. Why do you want to get people to quit being nurses? I trust you to make a decision good for you. So, are you against the vaccine? No, I'm against the mandate. That's where I'm at. How do we stop it? Uh, you're going to have to get somebody who is control of one of the houses. See, if we had the house. I got 60 days and I lose my job. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll try our best. Yeah, it just sounds oh like God, he's, com- he's useless. Yeah, completely uninterested. Yeah, he's in- trying to be so on your team, but like not on your team at the same time. And he's like, you know, if you're thinking about getting it, boo. Well, at, at the end, he gets I mean, it. if you don't want to, then uh- did you hear him at the end? Like the last one of the things he said, well, what are you guys for? Are you guys against the jab or what? And they're like, no, against the mandates. And he's like, OK, yes. I could be I could be down with that. And they're like, so what are you going to do about it? And he's like, Ugh. nothing. Yeah. Who wants ribs? He has no idea like what his constituents um, are about. Like he has, he's totally out of touch. Well, politicians in general, like they're going to try to appeal to their quote unquote base to some extent, but then they also have to be so wishy-washy to, to float around to try to scoop up those extra votes, you know? Exactly. And everybody's guilty of that. I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, 
And that's exactly right. That's what I noticed when I infiltrated these Democratic campaigns. And listen, Republicans do too. Rhinos do the same thing. Oh, yeah. A lot of it is a lot of it is talk. They're talking points and they're so well trained by their communications directors in their campaigns that they they don't veer off a certain topic. They have an answer all ready to go. And what it does is it's a very wishy-washy answer that is open to getting those independent voters because it's all about, you know, the independent voters. So um it's it's not surprising and this is what they do they say one thing they're like yeah i'm with you what are you gonna do well we'll try i'll try my best you know donate to my campaign and we'll, we'll yeah, get exactly. it done and you know oh oops we couldn't do it because of the democrats or because of this or they always have an excuse oh well give me more money next time i'll be able to yep. do it see that's you know they keep kicking the can down the road that's what happened with with israel as yes. well with with, the, with with the embassy in jerusalem everyone kept kicking the road the, the can down the road donald trump was the only one that said you know what i'm gonna do it and watch me do it and when he, in the moment he's decided well, actually, while he was deciding, should I do this or not? Everyone from around the world called him and said, you cannot do this. Do not do this. And he had pressure from Republicans as well. Do not do this. Do not do this. It's going to cause war in the Middle East. Wait a second. You were the one saying, if I become president, I'll do it. So what are you blabbing about? Right. And President Trump, thank God, said, you know what? I am going to do it. And, and thank it. God he did it. Yep. He honored Israel and Jerusalem. Is the, it sh- they, they made Tel Aviv the capital, which is like Sodom and Gomorrah, if you've ever mm-hmm. been there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's super liberal, and it's like the biggest gay beach in the, in, in the world. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just like you walk there, and you're like, there's no way this is holy land. It, it's so filled with filth yes. and depression mm-hmm. and just nastiness. I mean, trust me, some of the New York liberals that I've lived around do not even compare to the liberals I've seen in Tel Aviv. So <laughs> Jerusalem wow. was always the capital yeah. of Israel. And so they moved a lot of these embassies from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv, which is Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Jerusalem is the heart of Israel. And I'm so glad our president honored Jerusalem and brought our embassy back there because that's where it should be, which is based on justice and righteousness, which is the word of God. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you you make it abundantly clear as well. Um, I just want to touch on one of our polls that we do on the show there's usually two of them you've touched on it a couple times so let's just get it out of the way anna 2020 presidential election how do you identify in election related pronouns was it rigged and stolen was it the crime of the century or is it a case of unreturned diamonds what was the first one rigged and stolen stolen yeah i I would definitely say it's it's the crime of the century with this country. Oh, nice. I mean, there, there, was, a, there was a lot of mis- in, injustice here. It was yes. stolen. It was also the biggest crime of treason throughout mm-hmm. every single department, throughout every, even the intelligence agencies, what happened with him and even in 2015 with the FISAs, just a complete injustice of, 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 of the government weaponizing our intelligence agencies to come against potential presidents of America. And even when he was in to come against him, that's treason. That is definitely the biggest crime this country has ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard uh, so far now our worst senator this week. Let's hear from a couple of our better ones. Ron Johnson went on and uh, talked about this whole narrative, and he's kind of been blowing it up for the last couple of weeks. I've, I've pretty much come to the conclusion that he's had enough of this crap. You think everything, and you know, he's a huge supporter of the military too, as I do think he is a veteran as well. Um, you know, to see pilots getting grounded, special ops operators 
not operating. Like the Navy SEALs who, who you know, basically said two-thirds of them are willing to not get deployed, to not get the jab. Yeah, like the healthiest people probably on the planet. Mm-hmm. Not getting it. Not getting it. And not working. And probably not going to die from it. So before we get some post-fight commentary, <clears throat> I'll key in on that one in a moment. Let's hear from Ron Johnson. Point man to explain COVID in the early months of it. But at this point, nearly two years in, you wonder why Tony Fauci has anything at all to do with our COVID policy. Do you know the answer? Well, he has been set up uh, on a pedestal and and basically uh, I I refer to them as the COVID gods. But Tucker, I think the the question, by the way, you laid out the the case against him quite well, the lies, the the flip-flopping. But I think the question you have to ask about Tony Fauci and quite honestly, the other people in our healthcare agencies Mm -hmm. is have their policy prescriptions, have they worked? We have more than 700,000 people dead now. We spent trillions of dollars. The the human toll, the economic devastation, we're at each other's throats now with these divisive mandates that are going to destroy our health care system, destroy our military readiness. Their policy prescriptions have been a miserable failure and the biggest blunder of all. They ignored early treatment. They sabotaged early treatment. Now now they're all hopping on on board this uh, Merck, Molnupiravir, the doctor's groups that I'm dealing with. They call it money peer-revere. Now, Merck, by the way, invented or they patented uh, ivermectin. They've been trash-talking ivermectin in favor now of this drug that'll be like $700 a dose versus ivermectin costs about six or seven cents a pill. We called that one. So, again, you have to take a look at his record, which, of course, the mainstream media will never do. These people will never admit they were wrong, and they've got the power to make sure that they're never proven wrong. There's something very sinister going on here, Tucker, and it has cost tens if not hundreds of thousands of people their lives so i mean and he's a hard-working representative he aligned with a lot of the trump era policies okay and 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 to see the way he's talking just the absolute frustration of the bs that's going on over there right now and the fact of the matter is there are literally people continuing to carry this narrative it's just getting to the point to where I, i hate to say it but we're getting to like the preamble for this COVID stuff when it gets to like the military and federal and frontline workers and the mandates and the deadlines that are coming up around Thanksgiving. I'm starting to get almost a January 6th vibe mm-hmm. to where you're going to literally see a bunch of these politicians come together for the goodness of the country, like how the election was stolen and they were ready to stand up. And then have some kind of a huge false flag distraction go on, which is going to absolutely, hopefully not, but derail anything that they're trying to do to save all these people's lives and livelihoods before it's too late. I'm starting to see it formulate. Yeah. So history repeating itself again. I just can't believe that. I mean, we called it 100%. Like we were joking that they just needed to make ivermectin more expensive. The Pfizer mectin. Like that's, that's a real thing now. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. Now in development. So, is, it, is it a uh, legally distinct version? I'm sure it is, and probably not for horses either. Yeah. So let's get on to our last one, mm. the COVID nuker himself. Last week we played him absolutely destroying Javier Becerra up on Capitol Hill, Dr. Rand Paul, survivor <laughs> of a John Deere. I love him. And, and, and multiple neighbors beating him within an inch of his life. No. <laughs> 
only to come back stronger every time. Right. He took Talora Ingram two days ago to give some post-fight commentary, Joe Rogan style, after the lambasting of Becerra up on Capitol Hill. Let's hear what he had to say. Paul, Senator, I had so many friends send me that exchange, uh, texted it to me uh, last night. Uh, it is stunning. The bureaucracy, uninformed, ignorant, certainly no medical background. Uh, what's going to happen here? Now, Dianne Feinstein has introduced legislation to stop the unvaccinated, prevent them from traveling domestically mm. on an airplane. You know, the truth, the, the truth is actually the opposite. For those of us who have had the disease and survived, we're more at risk in being around only vaccinated people. Yeah. So these people are hysterical about the unvaccinated. It's actually the opposite of the truth. The riskiest people to catch it from are people who are vaccinated versus people who have had the disease. Now, there are some people who are unvaccinated who haven't had the disease, and I do recommend that they voluntarily get the vaccine. Mm. But the thing is, is think of all the doctors, think of all the lawyers, the orderlies in the hospital who worked for a year and a half to save lives without any vaccine at all, they got COVID, they survived, they now have immunity, and the hospitals are just saying, you're you worthless, you know, we're getting rid of you unless you submit to a vaccine. But it doesn't go with the science. The science actually shows greater immunity if you've had the disease than if you've just simply been vaccinated. Well, the court is ultimately going to have to settle this one. They're just not going to change their view on that. But getting back to my point about this radical legislation seeking to isolate and punish unvaccinated Americans to prevent them from flying domestically. Dianne Feinstein, when we haven't seen her much uh, lately, but she apparently introduced legislation to do just that. Your reaction, Senator? The, the ever-present Dr. Fauci agrees with her. He wants to ban people from flying as well, unless they're vaccinated. It totally goes against the science. It's ignoring the 100 million people that already have immunity who got it naturally. It's a terrible idea. It goes against sort of the very basic idea of a free society. I said yesterday, one of the most in incredible or primary medical rights we have is to decide what goes into our body, what kind of injections we get, which doctor we go to, whether we have surgery or we don't have surgery. And so everything they're doing is against the science, but also against really the foundation of what our of the freedom that, that our country was founded upon. Nice parlay. And yesterday on a separate. So we'll cut it there. Um, Anna, man, you're going to have to invest in an RV to be, you know, getting around the country, spreading the word, uh, doing your ministry work and participating in the Great Awakening tour. Uh, come this proposed legislation from Diane Feinstein, who I was under the assumption was dead. I thought so. I figuratively and literally we haven't seen her in 18 months. Larry Elder was walking around California saying one of the first things we're going to do when Gavin Newsom is recalled is replace her because yeah. she does nothing or dig her up. <laughs> well, she may be uh, suffering from the adverse side effects of the jab. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, this, exactly. this not being able to fly thing. I mean, that goes directly against. Like, constitutionally, oh, another your thing? right to free travel. So we've already yeah. talked about violations of the first and the second in this show. Yeah. Now we're up to what what article is that? Uh, I don't remember. Okay, well, I mean, multiple. Yeah. Uh, we've touched on the 10th a little bit as well, and we could always see how many, you know, amendments we can touch in That's every the, episode of Steak for Breakfast. Yeah. Exactly. And you know what? I'm not surprised that they're touching the travel because this is something I even – Actually, I literally heard the Lord say this last year in March when I asked, I said, Lord, is this the end? Is this 
is this the beginning of Revelation, the book of Revelation, which is the great tribulation? I heard him say, no, this is not the end, but I'm preparing my people. But there will come a time with there's going to be a second virus, I heard the Lord say, which I, I still think this is the first one, but we're seeing a little bit of what he said, because he said there will be a second virus and you will not be able to go back to work or fly without a mandatory vaccine. I heard this in March. Hmm. Man, I was like, man, what a mandatory vaccine. And when they started talking about the vaccine, they started saying voluntary, 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 voluntary vaccine. I knew they were going to make the shift to a mandatory vaccine. And it's interesting because we did have the Delta version. So it's kind of, you know, I mean, I, we're going through the entire Greek alphabet. If yeah. Notice we're going to go from the alpha, the beta, the, the, you know, the gamma, all the way to the omega. So mm. there's all these different versions. This is the second version. We're on Delta. Um, and, and we're not able to um, go to our favorite restaurant still. I mean, in New York, it's so bad. I have friends calling me, telling me they can't go to restaurants yeah. without showing a vaccine passport. Okay. I have friends who, um, who, whose children are pilots. She said, Anna, you won't believe it. A few months ago, she called me a few months ago and she said, Anna, they're, they're, um, they're having pilot meetings and they're demanding that everyone get the vaccine. I said, no way. They said, yeah, there's this Delta version now and, and they, they, they need to be mandatory vaccine or else they lose their job. So eventually, once that goes through the corporate system, that's going to then flood into the into you know the regular citizens and the consumers and the customers saying, well, if you don't have the jab, you can't fly. I mean, this is all a stepping stone to complete totalitarian. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can't buy or sell without this vaccine. I mean, this is unfortunately the days that we're living in. And yeah. we just have to keep fighting back. If all of us say, you know what, we're done flying. No problem. We'll start driving. Well, they're screwed. Yep. And, and, you know, and the airlines are going to tell the government, well, we need more PPP. We need more P, you yep. know? And so it, it's so, it's nasty what's going on. But well, that's the where the mileage find- tax comes in when they start driving. Damn it. It. Exactly. <laughs> so- and I'm so glad I got a new car and, and, well, and I go. have, you know, I can rock and roll. And, but he, here's the thing with Marxism communists. It's those who control the food control who gets the food. Oh, yeah. Those who control the healthcare control who gets the healthcare. Right now, we're, if we're not going to be able to fly or sell, then we can we can travel, right? But eventually, what they are going to want to do is to close down the state borders. Well, you can't travel interstate actually because so and so because of COVID. And then what happens is not just regular citizens, but then food trucks. And then they're controlling the food trucks. They're controlling who, who, which state gets food and which state does not get food. And this is what Stalin did in Ukraine. 10 yep. million people starved to death in one year, right? And this is what Lenin did. And actually Stalin copied Lenin because that's what Lenin did in Russia and the Soviet Union, where he stopped all the food transportation. He literally pulled crops out of people's backyards to, to redistribute, quote unquote, the food around the country. Meanwhile, mm. people starved to death. He took away the livestock. He butchered the animals. Oh, we need food for to distribute, you know, all equal. We need to bull because it went to the elites because this is how communist functions. Communists function on bribery, bribery. It's the ones on top who get the essentials while the ones on the bottom, they all die, starve to death are, and are completely under control of the foot of who's ever up in control. Well, the people on top, they need to run everything so they can't be starving. How dare right. we? Exactly. How dare us? See, the funny thing is though, like this entire narrative, they've done it entirely ass backwards. And now they're going to reap the rewards of firing all the essential frontline military first responders first. And then all those people are going to go out and say just how corrupt this narrative literally was for the last two years. Oops. Yep. Mm-hmm. Should have got rid of the peasants first. 
and lock them all in their homes before he got rid of all the people who can actually prove that this entire thing is crap. So well, and, they've they've, they've come yeah. out they've come out ahead of that too, and you see people saying that uh, the the healthcare pe- professionals that are uh, being fired or resigning. They're saying that it's a very small percentage of conspiracy theorists. Wow. It's also <laughs> domestic terrorists? Well, you know, that comes along with the territory. Which leads me to my next point. Who are the real ones? What, domestic terrorists? So last week you had two prominent Democrats, Kristen Simina and Joe Manchin, balk on the Joe Biden slash Bernie Sanders trillions and trillions of dollars, infrastructure, whatever, in debt the country and print more money than ever imaginable in the history of the universe. Mm. Um and things that the Democrats really don't claim that they do, which is terrorized domestically, happened over the course of the weekend. Oops. Joe Manchin lives on a houseboat when he's in D.C. It's parked in the harbor there. Uh, it's quite bigly. So a, you'd say it's a Manchin houseboat? I like it. A team of kayakers <laughs> for the entirety of the weekend. They got helmets on? They did. And, and GoPros on their foreheads. Oh, good. Uh, decided to go and heckle him. For days on end about bullying him into signing this bill that he does not want to sign because oh. it'll be the last thing he does as a senator from that state because he has to cater to the large conservative population there. Um, I have some audio from it. and It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> Please. I'm sorry for the brief funny music they have going into it, but it's from a CNN piece and that's literally how they led into it. A little bit of clown world music. Senator Manchin! Senator Manchin! Your constituents are here! Your constituents are here! Your constituents are here from West Virginia! Your constituents are here from West Virginia! I hear an echo. Will you please come talk to us? And he did. Come out and talk! Come out! Support the bill! Manchin! And I know it won't be enough for some, it'll be too much for others. In West Virginia, you know, West Virginia's a little bit different than usually. There's a lot of poverty. What are you going to do for the poor in West Virginia? We're going to be working everything we can to create good opportunities. And we need to tax the rich. Oh, I agree with that. So... Pick that music. That's awful. Well, it's CNN, and and so are they. That should have done the Benny Hill music, at least. That was the light version of it. Now, (laughs) Kristen Simina got a little bit worse over the course of the weekend. Uh, She is a teacher at, I believe, Arizona State University. And there was a group of illegal children whose parents have been removed to the United States that are demanding some of the things... I don't even want to call it immigration reform. It's it's unmitigated disaster in regards to continuously opening our borders. We've talked about it on the show the last two weeks. We don't really need to cover it top to bottom now. So uh, one of these groups went out and uh, visited her in her classroom at Arizona State University. Mm. And when she couldn't take it anymore, she left and went to the restroom. To which point this group of men and women joined her. And as she went to the restroom, in the stall with the door closed, they literally stood outside the stall in the women's restroom and heckled her. So were the people that, uh, the men that came in the women's restroom, were they identifying as women at that point? How 
dare you? <laughs> oh. Yeah, there you go. But let's 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 hear just how absolutely ridiculous it was. I'll be back. So this is her leaving her classroom. Actually, I am heading out. But, um, right now is a real moment that our people need in order for us to be able to talk about what's really happening. We need a Build Back Better plan right now. Ugh. We, we knocked on door first. We need solutions in the Build Back Better plan. We have the solutions that we need. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected. And just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us. We need seven million citizenship for seven million. We need the Build Back Better plan right now. <laughs> My name is Blanca. I was brought here to the United States when I was three years old. And in 2010, my grandparents both got deported because of SB 1070. And I'm here because I definitely believe that we need a pathway to citizenship. My grandfather passed away two weeks ago, and I was not able to go to Mexico and visit him because there is no pathway to citizenship. And if we have the opportunity to pass it right now, then we need to do it because there's millions of undocumented people just like me who share the same story or even worse things that happen to them because of SB 1070 and because of anti-immigrant legislation. And this is the opportunity to pass it right now and we need you to, we need to hold you accountable to what you told us, what you promised us that you were going to pass when we knocked on doors for you. It's not right. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor of human trafficking and it's because of the lack of worker protections that we don't have in the gig economy. I need you to stand by workers, lots of people who are like me. Now here's the deal. At the end of the day, big sad, but I wish they would have stopped short of saying we knocked on doors for you and just said it. We voted for you. You know they all did. Illegally. Yeah. Here's the deal. Mm. The things that we're constantly accused of on the conservative side of the aisle are done blatantly and repeatedly by the left. Yeah. So, well, that's the MO. That's them uh, projecting what they do onto the other side. Oh, it hasn't even started to build back better. There were some interesting stats today that build I back, saw. Build back Blanca. Build back crappier. The only thing Joe Biden can build back better is the Taliban. That's yeah. about it. So far, so good. Um, the FBI admitted over the weekend it doesn't track leftist violence. Oh, the FBI considers Antifa to be a mere, I'm quoting, movement rather than an organization, uh, meaning the Bureau doesn't, quoting again, calculate or collate information regarding Antifa admits its assistant director of counterterrorism unit, end quote. And it just came out. That's uh, absolute BS. Yeah. Garbage. Um, so if the people who are refusing the jabs aren't enough to be considered team terrorism in the United States. How is how are they not terrorism? Isn't that like they're the going, definition of terrorism? They're going after our mothers too. Oh, not our mothers. All of them. So there came out some uh, literature from the Department of Justice. Hold on one second. Go. The, the definition of terrorism. Okay. It's a noun. Is it? The unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in the pursuit of of political aims. I don't know what else you could possibly classify the riots, the burning down buildings. What? I have the answer for you. Oh. Are you ready for it? Yes. Attorney General Merrick Garland, remember revenge hire for not being appointed to SCOTUS, yeah. has instructed the FBI to mobilize 
it seems pretty good. Against parents. I mean, I like mobilization. Who oppose critical race theory in public schools, citing threats. Okay, what, no, kind, no, no, what no. kind of threats are they talking Listen about? Listen to this letter. This is from the Attorney General of the United States. Oh. You might have to do a full one after I've done reading it. <laughs> Jeez. In recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools. While the spirited debate about policy is protected under our Constitution, the protection does not extend to the threats of violence or effects to immediate individuals based on their views. He's literally talking about mothers who go up in front of a school board and have a blown-up version of child pornography that they give to kids in elementary school to ask why there are, like, two pictures of boys having sex with each other being shown to elementary school children. Accusing the school board of providing that information to our kids now is considered domestic terrorism. Okay, so I can play devil's advocate. Perhaps there are some parents that are going a little... Overboard, saying I'm coming for your seat. No, no, no. It, no but you, there's there probably is people that are threatening violence to some extent. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody showed your kid. Oh, I'd be yeah, I'd be pissed. But yeah. here's the thing. This is a totally overblown. Just there, there witch was hunt. there was none of these during the summer of love last year. Oh, scissor me timbers. Yeah, enough. It continues to read. Those threats against public services are not only illegal, they run counter to the nation's core values. Those who dedicate their time and energy to ensuring our children receive a proper education in a safe environment deserve to be able to do their work without fear for their safety. The department takes these indictments seriously and is committed to using its authority and resources to discourage these threats, identify them when they occur, prosecute them when appropriate. And in the coming days, the department will announce a series of measures designated to address the rise of criminal conduct directed towards school board personnel. $600 billion in damage across this country in the summer of 2019, and this is the horse crap that's coming out of the Department of Justice now. In conclusion, coordination and partnership with local law enforcement is critical in implementing these measures on the benefit of our nation's safety for nearly 14,000 public school districts. To this end, I am directing the FBI... Working with each, with each United States attorney in each state to convene meetings of federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial leaders in each federal ju judicial district within 30 days of the issuance of this memorandum. These meetings will facilitate the discussion and strategies for addressing the threats against public school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff, and will openly produce dedicated lines of communication for threat reporting, assessment, and response. The department is steadfast in its commitment to protect all the people in the United States from violence, threats of violence, and other forms of intimidation and harassment. In parentheses, peaceful protests. Mm. Mostly peaceful protests. <sighs> yeah, that's where we're at. So, mother goes to a school board meeting, shows some child pornography, and says, I'm coming for your city council seat now, investigated by the FBI. Oh, here comes a red flag, too. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You, you had guns. Yeah. So a lot of Bodie accidents better this start is, happening. Yeah, this is exactly just, it's a workaround to just demoralize and just take the gas out of anybody that has anything to say that doesn't go again with the uh, the current narrative. 
Exactly. And, and that's the attack that we saw with people on January 6th who were peacefully protesting. Yeah. I was there. There was millions and millions of people just just protesting. Well, actually, just trying to hear President Trump speak about what's going on with the election, where you have some people who did storm the Capitol. There's some people, a lot of people were let in by the police officers, the Capitol Police there. And you're seeing the weaponization against patriots. Yes. You know, eventually, you know, the, the word patriot is going to be uh, basically and synonymous with a terrorist. I mean, that's, that's where we're headed right now. And it's unfortunate, you know, but to actually really quickly go back to cinema, uh, Senator cinema, go ahead. You know, the, I was going to say, you would never catch me dead running away from little kids and hiding in a bathroom stall Yeah, right. ever. You know, I, I, I respect her. I appreciate her, but I would never do that. That, that, that optically it's really, really looks, she looks terrible doing that. But at the same time, there's a double standard, right? There's this double standard, which we're seeing, and we have seen all across this country for many decades. There's, yeah. there's always a double standard. You know, Antifa can get away with things. They don't get arrested. But, you know, uh, when when we stand and protest, well, actually, you're a terrorist. You should be locked up. We're going to come against you. Anyone that flew out of D.C. on January 6th or January 7th, well, we're going to investigate you. We're going to have the FBI knocking out your door. We're going to intimidate you. We're going to embarrass you. We're going to come for you. I mean, this is unfortunately the state of this country. It's that we've been completely taken over by power hungry Satanists, communists for such a long time. It, it's just finally all boiling up to the surface because they are so empowered and so prideful and they know they have the power where they can squash any truth and yep. come after you when you come when you come forward with truth and they can cover up the lies and and the propaganda because they have every working machine um every single mountain that they have covered which is the media hollywood politics they have full control and that and, and that's the problem but you know what this is a house of cards and it's starting to wobble people are starting to see there's something going on and it really only takes a few more piece of cards few more cards taken out of this whole house of cards for it all to crumble and fall even though it seems like they have the power they are freaking out they're attacking one another you see with even with Cuomo. oh they're yeah eating, they're eating out. each other yeah they're eating each other it's like snake eating snake snake eating snake and it's it, it's so funny because this mm -hmm. happened in the bible as well and whenever the snake was eating a snake well god was about to come right in and finish the matter and expose everything. So I really do believe in my spirit. I really think that their attempt to push communism in this country and to break the constitution and break the backs of, 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 of hopeful, brave Americans, it's, I, I do believe it's going to be thwarted and it will have to be an act of God because no man can come against this, this giant, which is communism, injustice, um, and, and just an evil straight up. So I do believe that, that God is going to step in I don't know how he's going to do it. I mean, there's many ways. Well, I can say this as well. My, my, many of my friends are running for office. You know, you, you have Dr. Mark Sherwood running for, uh, for, yeah. uh, for, for Senate. You have my friend Bobby Python running for Senate as well in Illinois. I mean, I'm sorry, actually, uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood is running for governor. So you have the amazing people stepping up and having a backbone and coming against this giant because we cannot retreat. We, we're no, we cannot be on defense anymore. We have to be on offense and keep exposing the lies and the propaganda. Absolutely. Well, we just imagine, can you imagine like one of those school board meetings where these concerned parents are going in and just speaking, they're using their voice as what the school board meeting is for. Mm -hmm. If they followed one of these individuals into the bathroom, how fast they'd be arrested. Oh yeah. And yeah. how much that would be mm -hmm. domestic terrorism yeah. immediately. Like it's a, such a double standard 
disingenuous level of weighing both sides. Yeah. Touching on two points that Anna made, we had Bobby Python on yep. not too long ago. He was an amazing guest. Oh, I love that guy. And, and we, we, <laughs> we will definitely have him back on in the near future. Talking about that house of cards, Josh Hawley came in almost immediately after this DOJ memorandum came out and pretty much leg swept the house of cards in regards to this narrative. Sweep the leg, Johnny. I'm going to paraphrase. Uh-huh. His political capital is rising again. I'm going to say it. Not a lot of people are saying it. I'm saying it. I definitely see him as a dark horse vice presidential candidate moving forward. Um, in his response to Merrick Garland, it was a two-page memo. I certainly share your view that threats of violence have no place in this country, but the backdrop of your entire memo strongly suggests that your concern is not violence, but democratic pushback against critical race theory. And I'll briefly two points that he made. Please provide my office with the responses for the following questions no later than October 15, 2021. Oh, nice. First point. What stakeholders were consulted in preparation for the issuance of your October 4th, 2021 memorandum titled Partnership Among Federal, State, Local, Tribal, and Territorial Law Enforcement to Address the Threat Against School Administrators, Board Members, Teachers, and Staff? And point two, please provide my office with copies of all the materials that the department used in its subsidiary agencies' intents to circulate amongst the federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial leaders which I just think is very interesting. They want to know basically where is the money coming from for the narrative behind that memo that you issued? Yep. And his failure to do so will have him pulled before a congressional hearing. I can only um, think. So we've gotten to the point to where we've reached our second and final poll. Now, Anna, you've been on the tour. (laughs) You've talked about documentaries without naming their names. We all know what they are. Um, the other question we usually ask on this show is Steve Bannon Q. It came up in the community at some point last year and we kind of just ran with it. Some people abstain. Uh, some people say yes or no. We've, we've had actually one guest snort and tell us we were awful while she mm. was laughing, but we'll, we'll, we'll go through our, our cast members real quick and then throw we it are over awful. to you. We are in a great way. <laughs> I'm going to say Steve Bannon is not Q. It's a no for me. Noah, I thought about it again. Still no. Okay. Antoinette? Nope. Anna? Yeah, I would say no. <laughs> I've heard this I've heard this for a while. Nope. No way. Yeah, yeah. he sure isn't. He wouldn't be able to hold it in. No, he'd be like, well, you know. Uh, or he'd be bragging all day long about it. But he did talk about some of this pushback that we need to start showing as a country in regards to this whole narrative of uh, getting beat down in every way, shape, or form. Let's hear how he weighed in briefly about it this morning. The opposition, particularly the opposition elite and all their soy boys and everything in Silicon Valley media, it's not a big part of the population. And they understand that. They understand it. The thing they fear is the righteous indignation Mm -hmm. of the working class in this country. And now they're seeing it. And that's why they're in meltdown. The story, I gave this talk to these appointees, and here's what I said. We're winning big in 2022. We're going to win big in 2024. We need to get ready now. Right? We control this country. we got to start acting like it. And when we're going to act like it, we're not going to have 4,000 ready to go. We're going to have 20,000 ready to go, and we're going to pick the 4,000 best and the most ready in every single department. And that's when we really start to deconstruct the administrative state. That's talking of CPAC. And they're always trying to destroy. No, 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 no. We're trying to get an FDA worse. You know, he's not wrong. Uh, and I do appreciate a lot of the work he did. Former Breitbart darling, current major influencer in regards to 
getting these people that are outside the beltway into the political arena and into the spotlight. We've had a lot of the guests that he's has on his show on ours. First. So, most of them first. Uh, it's because they're such great guests. But it, it, it's good to see that, you know, someone who has hundreds of millions of downloads compared to our hundreds of thousands of downloads is really kind of pushing the narrative nationally to uh, things have to change. It, it can't be a normal person. in a suit. It's got to be like a healthy mix. We had Ryan Jaduski on yesterday, and you really felt that he was still tied to the old world, the old garb of, like, people that run for politics should be these brilliant, charismatic, suit-wearing, identified with, like, you know, kitchen table politics. And then you have the ones that are kind of the America First movement. They're roughnecks. You got Teddy Daniels. You got Joe Kent. You got Anthony Sabatini, who's, you know, he's kind of a a middle-class guy, but he rolls up his sleeves. He's a veteran. Um, Like you said, Bobby Python. Uh, even, you know, even, um, Amy fan West that we had on today, she, uh, has left communism from Vietnam. She, she gets very emotional when she talks about it, which she should. Yeah. That was, uh, like you did Anna. And at, at the end of the day, she's, she's in it for the right reasons. So it may not look pretty anymore, but we don't need pretty in politics anymore. We need fixing this country in politics now. I think that'd be pretty. Yeah, it would be pretty. Yeah, it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, there, there's there's a lot of work to be done, um, and it's just you know we're really starting to see the separation of the wheat from the tares. You know, this is this is an expression in the Bible. You can really see the ones who are with us and the ones who are against us, and that includes rhinos, Republicans, or you know even quote unquote independents. And there, there's no one can sit on the fence anymore. There's no well, I'm going to just sit on the sidelines. I'm independent. Well, no, you are either on the good side or the evil side, whether you realize it or not, you have to pick a side. There's no sitting on the fence anymore, whether you're a leader or whether you're any citizen in the society, you're either okay with the coercion and the forced vaccines and, and people getting fired and, uh, and just this, this God that is Dr. Fauci, this, Mm man that looks like a rat and literally all he does is spew lies. I'm sorry, Lord, but like, it's just, I'm so disgusted and I'm so over it. Or you're going to stand with the constitution, freedom of choice, freedom of speech. Um, you know, you stand for, for people having, having a choice to be able to go to work or, and actually be having a choice to be able to say yes or no to anything they put in their body. You know, they, they, they talk about free choice for women, but they don't talk about free choice for medical health care um, or, or, you know, even free choice of our election. They're so brainwashed. But the thing is, is again, you, you cannot be on the sideline anymore. People have to make a choice and a decision. There's no independence. You're, you're either a hardcore lefty mm-hmm. or you love America and yeah. you're a conservative. A true story. And those lines are getting drawn more and more distinctly every day. Um, as we've already rounded third and nearing home, we've only got two little pieces left. One's going to be a little bit comical, and one consequently ends on almost a biblical note. But we won't rush to that one first. I like her uh, Fauci as a rat reference. I know. I was what Templeton. Templeton. No, I used to call Doctor Fauci Templeton because he said he looked like a cartoon rat, and if he was a cartoon rat, that would be his name. I don't hate it, but I, I think you're part of the problem, though. <laughs> so maybe his name's Anthony. You know who's a big problem for Jen Saki. Ooh. A lot of people are going to say Ducey, but he's only a big problem because he's allowed to talk. Yeah. Her real kryptonite <laughs> is Emerald Robinson yeah. from Newsmax. And when she can, as Doug Ducey is called on, step on his heel or on his toes with her heel 
and put her hand over his mouth so she can answer in the form of his question. This is what it usually sounds like. Start trade talks back with them. Um, there was concern when President Biden took office about his son's business dealings with China. He was supposed to divest himself of his stake in a Chinese private equity firm in December with ties to the Chinese Central Bank. As of April, he had not yet done that. And at some point, you are going to get back to us on that. Do you have an update on that? Has he dissolved that interest now? I'd point you to his representatives on that. He doesn't work in the administration. I would say, though, Emerald, that, uh, and I think you're referring today to the announcement, uh, this speech by Ambassador Tai about phase one. And what I think it's important to note here is that this approach uh, definitely differs from the approach of the prior administration, in our view. Uh, Their approach hurts select sectors of the American economy and wasn't targeted to address strategic problems we have. These initial steps will help. Uh, we're taking are going to realign our trade policies mm-hmm. towards uh, from the PRC toward our priorities, and that's the objective of this president. It's just the first stage in this process. Obviously, the ambassador gave an extensive speech today. As we enter into this, though, the president has said during the campaign that none of his family will have any business relationship with anyone that relates to a foreign corporation or a foreign country. Wouldn't it be assuring to the American <laughs> people as we head into this if they just let? The American people know if Hunter has divulged himself of well, that. Again, I, I I conveyed to you, and then I think I'm going to have to move on. That you should no, talk to, you should talk to his representatives. And there's no reason to yell. I'm certainly not yelling. You should talk to his representatives. That Just remains his policy. You. He's been working to wind that down. Beyond that, I think would talk to his representatives. Yeah, you're not allowed to ask about. Uh, Hunter Biden smoking crack and how fast does she talk? His laptop gets a qu- I mean, we've played so many clips of the only question. Emerald I think I'm gonna have to change the subject now, or I'm getting my binders and I'm going back inside. So you know, it's it's just one of those things where and and I don't know if you heard the beginning. She was talking about um, reigniting the trade talks between the U.S. and China and how compromised optics can look when you consider the deep ties to the CCP and the Biden family, especially Hunter Biden, which she totally deflected and said. Well, it doesn't really matter because he doesn't necessarily work for the administration. He's only the crack smoker in chief. He doesn't have an official title with the administration as of now. That's a good title, though. Thank you. Again, deflect, deflect, deflect. They don't want to even acknowledge the truth. What they do is they deflect. They say, oh, we can't talk about it. Oh, it's not true. Well, it is true, and they will never admit it. They never want to talk about it. They, they'll, they'll find something else where they can talk about, which is, by the way, very convenient. Well, talk about COVID. we got to talk about yeah. COVID. It's Deflect and project. Crisis. Deflect and project. I mean, this is the MO. And, you know, the Bible says the wicked hate justice. They hate it. They tremble at the thought of justice, whereas the righteous want justice. We want to see goodness. We want to see people... Uh, standing trial. We want to see the the perpetrators arrested. We want to see them hanged. You know, listen, I'm all about the Bible, right? In the Old Testament, they were really severe. If you were against the people and you were against God's people specifically, you were hanged. You were hanged and God allowed it. So um, I'm all for this, you know, this, this grace, grace period that God has given these wicked foes that hate this country and hate God more than ever. Because really the reason why they hate us is because we're, we're made in the image of God. And we all, we love freedom. This is what America is based on. The constitution is actually based on the Bible. In the Bible, in Israel, God gave them the 10 commandments. And from the 10 commandments, he also wrote the laws. And sure, some of the old laws were pretty vicious. And it was, it was basically nullified when Jesus came. He said, actually, this is really severe. It was just to show how 
strict and how just our God is. I don't want to say strict, but how just he is. You know, Hitler is not going to, he's not just hanging out in heaven somewhere. No, there's justice. God d- helps the helpless and he judges the wicked. And so we're, we're in a place in this country where they really, really hate the constitution. They hate freedom, which is why they tell us what to do when they want to shut our mouths with these muzzles and they want to shut our churches to close the hope and to close the, the, the free thinking, the liberty that comes with God um, because they hate it. They hate freedom. They want to be in control. And so, you know, we're, we're at a stage where, um, again, you have to pick a side and you have to stand by that side because, we can no longer just be idle and just sitting and watching what's going on. We really have to become active patriots. You have to be active in your school boards like these women are. You have to be active running for office. You have to be active in educating your kids. You know, like you were saying before, Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. I have a lot of friends, a lot of Christian friends. They watch Netflix all day with their kids. Yep. What are you teaching them? What are you teaching? You're teaching them apathy. You're teaching them laziness and you're teaching them, well, the world outside is horrible. Let's just put like an ignorance, blissful movie on, which is, listen, once in a while you can enjoy a movie. I love movies, right? But, but it's, it's, it's like, it's like, well, I have to live in this little bubble in this cocoon where everything is okay. Well, it's not because you're not involved. You're not an active patriot and you have to be involved. Yep. Yeah. It's the escapism of, you know, delving Mm -hmm. into an imaginary world and not thinking about everything that's going on. Like that's what, you know, I find myself getting overwhelmed by stuff and I go watch a movie and I don't think about anything for hour and a half or whatever time. And that's kind of a thing that people get addicted to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. Well, it's pretty, this, you know, what's not funny is that this show is not scripted, but we have circled back to encompass all the topics that we talked about today. Okay. In our last audio clip which encompasses the Bible, the spiritual aspect of this war, hangings, patriotism, and lack thereof. Let's talk about something real quick. Everybody has their opinion on them. Definitely stock not rising in the Republican Party or the conservative movement. Mike Pence. Ooh. He's resurfaced as of late. Yeah, where's he been? Around. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Patriot or Judas? We saw no. on January 6th, <laughs> literally parts of the Bible come to life when he received his silver challenge coin from the head of the Capitol Police officer in the halls of Congress. Uh, I remember watching it live. We were at our old studio and, and with our old host, Nick, we were at his house watching it. And when I saw the exchange hands i you get chills yeah it was the first it was the first thing that came to mind mission accomplished here's your silver and then the absolute remorse he's only had to have felt ever since knowing that it was all part of the plan you know concocted by the dnc the capitol police the fbi etc whoever had their hands on that probably all the republicans who vote with nancy pelosi on all the crap that she puts out there on the floor as well good morning Anna, do you see a biblical Mm -hmm. correlation with Mike Pence and and his Judas moment in regards to what happened on January 6th? And do you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what I thought when I saw that clip was look at Judas accepting the 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus. That'd be great if you you got 30 challenge coins. (laughs) Yeah, 30. I mean, he had, it looked like one, right? But, you know, it says in the Bible, what does it cost a man, right, to gain the whole world? but lose his soul. Yeah. 
because he's made a vow to protect the constitution. He's made a vow to protect God and God's interests. And God's interest is to keep this country free. God's interest is to keep this country based on God, based on the Bible. And so you have a man who said, I'm going to stand with Trump. I'm going to stand with God. I'm a Bible, you know, I'm a Bible believer. I'm a Jesus. I'm a Christian. Meanwhile, you sold out God, America, and your own president. And that is so despicable, so despicable that he did that. And again, it is very biblical. And you know what? I have, I have friends in DC because I asked them, I said, what was that? I thought, I thought Pence is, is a Christian. And they said, Anna, I've been working in DC for 20 years. I could have told you years ago. And, and, and by the way, these are Christians who've been working in, um, in, I mean, they're like hardcore, Holy Spirit filled Bible reading Christians. I mean, they, they told me, Anna, this man was never a Christian. And I, I, we were afraid to say this, but him and Karen, they go to these societies. They, 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 they try to join the, 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 the prayer circles. And they even asked me, Karen asked me a few years ago, Hey, can we come and, and pray with you guys? They're like, no, no, because you're fake. You're using it as clout to be able to say you're a Christian. And because they, she's prayed with them for a long time. And, and so has, um, and so has Pence. And they know you can, it says in the Bible, you will know them by their fruits. Mm. If someone says they're a Christian, but their fruit is wickedness and evil and deception and betrayal and bribery. Well, by the fruits, you know that you are not a Christian. You will know them by their fruits when they stand with truth and righteousness, no matter how much it takes, no matter how much they attack you, no matter how much they persecute you and mock you, you stand with the truth because it says in the Bible, the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no one pursues. That means they're scared. And they, they're, they're scared of the opinions of men. They're scared of the media attacking them. They're yep. scared of the puppets above them. So they sell their soul and they sell out their position for a quote unquote higher position. Meanwhile, they look like a fool, not in front of just men, but in front of God. Yeah, and it's absolutely biblical. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and if you want to hear somebody sound like a fool and at the same time try to, through the television screen, kiss Donald Trump's ass. Let's hear this brief clip of Mike Pence circulating online this week. I forgot her name was Karen. Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, people see our record. Uh, they see their record of, of liberalism and incompetence. And I think the American people are going to take the reins, turn this country around, and uh, we're going to win back the Congress in 2022, and then we're going to win back America in 2024. Thanks. You know, I know a lot has been made over the disagreement you had with the president as it relates to January 6th. My sources, my understanding are, is that you two have a, a strong relationship to this day. Stop it, Sean. What Andy. is your relationship with the president? Look, you can't spend uh, almost five years in a political foxhole without somebody, without, without developing a strong relationship. You hear and, that uh, in his voice? You know, January 6th was a tragic day mm -hmm. uh, in the history of our Capitol uh, building. But uh, thanks to the efforts of uh, Capitol Hill police, federal officials, the Capitol was secured. We finished our work. Uh, and the president and I sat down a few days later and talked through lying. all of it. I can tell you that we parted amicably at the end of the administration, and we've talked a number of times since we both left office. But, but I believe that our entire focus today should be on the future. I've campaigned a couple of times for Glenn Youngkin, who will be a great governor in the state of Virginia. 
I've been traveling all across this country, helping our team running for the House and the Senate, and I'll be helping governor's candidates around America. So I know the, I know the media wants to distract from the Biden administration's failed agenda by focusing on one day in January. They want to use that one day oh. to try and demean uh, the, the, the character and intentions of 74 million Americans who believed we could be strong again and prosperous again and support strong again and prosperous again and supported our administration in 2016. And, and I don't know if there's a, there's enough redemption for him. I don't, I don't really see him. And I'm not just talking about politically. I mean, I, don't he, know, though. I, I feel like there's so much more to it. I mean, if we're going to think, I mean, okay. So remember Chris Miller, that speech that he made Yes. when, when he thanked uh, VP Pence, you know, said yes. complex military operation history. What if he's playing a role? Yeah. I, I just, Lynn, I don't know. Lynn Woods had some pretty choice words for Mike Pence over the last nine months. Yeah. What's that? Lynn Woods had some pretty choice words for him. Yeah, and I feel like Lynn Wood says what he has to say to keep whatever optics going. I just think that there's so much more to all of this than we realize, and I hope that we find out one day. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, Anna's working with him directly on the Clay Clark Reawaken America tour, and if she ever ran into him, she could tell him that Steak for <laughs> Breakfast is a great podcast, which is something Seth Keschel <laughs> said unscripted yesterday at yep. some event in Texas. So I'm not saying that it's not a good podcast, and having Lynn Wood on the program wouldn't be biblical. But if it happens, it happens. If not, no big deal. No pressure. <laughs> and you never know. Oh, and you never I did, know. I didn't, I didn't I know you were still with us. You were there. Yeah, sorry. So. <laughs> no, and, and, but you know what? We also have President Trump admit and say who Mike Pence is. And he's, he betrayed him. I'm yes. sorry. I can never, I mean, I can forgive him because that's what God said. Forgive people. You know, let that off your spirit and off your soul because it's a burden if you carry anger and, and frustration and unforgiveness. I forgive him, but I will never forget. I will never vote for him. I will never support him. I will never back him unless he truly repent and actually mean it because he's, this is all, it's all politics. He's been, he's been in DC in the swamp for a very long time. He's part of the system. And from what I hear and what I've actually heard from friends who have been in DC for over 20 years, they said, Anna, they have something on him. Mm-hmm. And they know what it is. And it might be a video involving some some kids, you know. And, and I, again, I, I, I I don't know. I can't verify. No, I, but, I, I like it because I wasn't. That, go, but that I, is what I've heard. I wasn't going to go out and say what the choice words Linwood has had for him. But <laughs> those are exactly what the wor- choice words Linwood has mentioned about him. Pedophilia? Absolutely. Yeah. Him, wow. him and his good buddy, John Roberts. Yeah, the, uh, the whistleblower, too. Yes. Uh, yeah. So... Listen, anyone in power, anyone that they allow to stay in power, they have something on. Yes. If they don't have anything on you, they will find something to have on you, whether it be set up or not, which we know. Well, that's part of getting into these secret societies is having some horrendous thing that they can hold over your head. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Or even if they invite you over for dinner and then you wake up with some Polaroid pictures next to you that you don't even remember because you were drugged. It, there, there, there's so many ways that they can do it. There's, there's always something they have on top of you. If they don't have anything on top of you, like with President Trump, they had nothing on him. The they only to make thing they have up. is stupid access yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood, you know, access Hollywood tape. Exactly. If they have nothing on you, what they're going to use is they're going to use the weaponry of the media. 100%. That's all they could do because they have nothing to do. They, they don't have anything on him. They, they, all they could do is attack him, attack him, attack him, and hope it sticks. And unfortunately, people are so stupid that they instantly believe whatever they're said on the on, in, in the newspaper and the internet and also on television. It's Nothing sticks to Teflon Trump. 
No, it sure doesn't. Nothing. It, it comes off like birds of a feather. Nothing. Cause he's so bold. He's a bold lion. What a treat. That was a good one. Sure was. I think from the uh, fire and compassion of Amy Fan West to the fire and brimstone of Anna Kate. All in all, a good episode. I got a little teared up when she uh, got choked up at that story. Yeah, and, and I've been choked up the entire day because this, uh, this was a heavy one. But it, it, these are the hard episodes that we have to go to in these trying times to be able to get out the news for our listening audience to go and uh, kind of make their own decisions about and do some more research on and, and jump in this movement with us. Miss um, Anna Kate, it was a pleasure. I, I am foreseeing that this won't be the last time you're on Steak for Breakfast, and I hope we meet in person again. Um, our listening audience is going to love deep diving into you on social media, so whatever you got and you want traffic directed towards, can you please give it to us? Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to say this really quickly. If you've been moved by anything... By anything I have said, give Jesus a chance. I was an atheist. I gave my life to him, and he changed my life completely, 180. So give him a chance. But you can find me on my website or on YouTube or on Twitter when you look look for Anna Kate, K-H-A-I-T. Um, it's a Jewish last name. I'm a Christian, though. But um, you can also find me on Instagram at Real Anna Kate. So I hope you guys reach out to me. You can email me at gatheringbride at gmail.com. That's my ministry email, gatheringbride at gmail.com. You can send me an email. I respond to everyone that emails me. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, she's got the fire. Noah and I have felt it in person. Oh, yeah. And, and it was definitely coursing through the uh, wires of this podcast today. Speaking of the podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google Podcast. Subscribe to the show, rate it. Don't forget to leave a review. Download, listen, like, follow, and share as well. Show credits of the week, obviously, congressional candidate Amy Fan West and Anna Kate, but in addition to them, some of the usuals. The Daily Breb, Dawn Star, 1776, Canadians DS11 and 12, Babe Does the News, Cagbro, who's consequently our guest on Friday of this week, Emerald Robinson of Newsmax, Mike Crispy of Right Side Broadcasting Network, Christina Bob of OAN, Steve Bannon, who's not Q, in the war room. And, of course, Mr. Tom Pappert, the editor-in-chief of The National File. Um, follow our sponsors, guys. American-owned, American-operated. A lot of veterans and first responders have their hands in these, uh, these companies. And uh, all you do is help make American small businesses great again by supporting them. Odyssey. Odyssey.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Headphones, in-studio recording gear, done right. Stay Ready Gear holsters. They're at stayreadygear.com. Don't just be ready. Stay ready. Stay ready. Got a lot of Kydex stuff. We got some nice steak for breakfast, beer coolies, dump trays. Noah got his holster, and they're really great. Things you can put into them? Firearms from West Coast Survive Arms. Yep. Michael, take care of you. Newly redesigned website, westcoastsurvivearms.com. Facebook Messenger. On the telephone, 619-870-6992. And then Tactical Gear. Mark Joe Friday, the Duck Father, Dumpbox.us, Facebook and Instagram, and our friends over at Mediochromatic. Mediochromatic.com. They're on Instagram. It's pretty fire. Check it out. Upcoming shows, we're lined up through the 18th. Like I already mentioned, Cagbro, first ever podcast. He'll be with us on Friday. In addition, 
Trump-endorsed congressional candidate out of Michigan, Steve Kara. Really excited to talk to him. Nice. Next Tuesday, we're going to have the sassy conservative, and we're going to break down this COVID narrative even further. She's got some pretty fire IG lives going on right now with fired first responders and medical staff. She's having them come in there, give testimonies. Uh, she's working with James O'Keefe a little bit. It's going to be really good to talk to her. Next Friday, Sheep No More. Getting ready to drop the podcast, getting ready to drop the new website. We got to keep him in the loop with all of you guys and keep you guys informed. And then the following week, the host of Jana Loves, Jana Simone. It's going to be a great time. Friends of the week. And we do have an obituary, Noah. What? Real Brenda Meme 7. New one. Somebody got nuked again? Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Red Pill Fuel. <laughs> the Statesman 76. That's right. <laughs> Garrett Goldsberry. Seth Keschel. He's just going to be a friend of the week because he said our podcast was great. Nice. And RIP, ladies and gentlemen, bow your heads, close your eyes. It's finally happened. Baby Cakes 2.0. She got nuked? She got nuked. Oh. She told Brenda she's not coming back. I kind of think she will. It's going to oh. take a minute. Hey, listen, when you have accounts like hers, it stinks. Yeah. Things we need to do between now and next show, extremely important. We're going to drop one of them today, though, for Miss Anakin. <laughs> do your own research. At the end of the day... The narrative of this show is not the narrative of the life you should live. If you hear things, you want to investigate, do your own research, watch some YouTube videos, read your Bible. Regardless, meet in the middle somewhere, go and, and deep dive and rabbit hole into some stuff. Hold the line. Ride it. Buy the dip. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. One of our favorites. Let's see what happens. But most importantly, where we go one, we go all. This has been episode 70 steak for breakfast podcast we'll be back on friday with Cagbro and steve Kara. we're going to be breaking down donald trump who sat down with john solomon today to talk about january 6th and critical race theory in addition to all the news between now and then again thanking our guest anna kate anna thank you for coming down with us today we can't wait to have you back on behalf of myself thanks guys can't wait to see you again on the road That'd be great. My co-pilot in studio, Noah, and our favorite Chewbacca, Antoinette. <laughs> this has been the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Thanks for listening and take care. a worthwhile vaccine and it is saving lives. Are they just dead wrong? Are they been fed a, fed a line from the federal government? Tim, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to the people that went ahead and got the jab. I speak their language. I would speak to them thusly. They understand that. Well, damn, boy!